right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show slash podcast. Solly here. We got a big squad here today because it's a designated, not elevated event. Solly here. DJ Pai is here. Hello, DJ. Solly, greetings. Thanks for having me on your show. What a what a week, man. What a golf tournament. TC is here. Good evening, TC. How big is the ocean? We're about to find out. We're about to find out. All The only thing we know about, we, we can't tell you how big the ocean is. We know that Rom floats in it, though. That is the only thing we can tell you. And he's back for a Sunday night recap. It's been a while. People have been asking. Big Randy. Hello, Mr. Big. Oh, so good to be back. Thrilled to be here. Let's get into it, boys. Of course, the No Laying Up Live show is brought to you by our friends at High Noon. This has been a dream come true. Listen, I've been drinking High Noons for free on this show for a long time, and now they are actual sponsors of it. I still can't believe it. I don't think I've touched another seltzer since I discovered them. They're made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water, not made with that malt stuff like so many of the other seltzers. TC hates those. Gives them a headache right between the eyes. Right between the eyes. Right between the eyes. I've heard him say it a million times. (laughs) They got so many flavors. Uh, You guys know all about how I drove around to three different publics in the Jacksonville area trying to find the pool pack. I'm on the tailgate pack now because they got pear. Uh, Listen, I know the sun's still not out in a lot of places yet, but uh, I feel like kind of the point of this tournament as well is uh, the last time we were we were live was to, you can pretend like you're basking in the California sun drinking drinking a high noon. So you can look for high noon at Drizzly or at your local convenience or liquor store or visit highnoonspirits.com. Find it near you. 100 calories, gluten free, no added sugars. I'm telling you, they're the only salt seltzers that are allowed in this household. The kiwi and the guava and now the pear are the uh, the, the what's been added to the rotation here. The pears fire, but we're all swinging tonight. A lot of pineapple going on. A lot of pineapple. <laughs> the pineapple boys. <laughs> oh gosh this is just scary it's what scares me about going live guys this is what scares me about it right here but john rom we got a lot a lot of results to get to john rom wins the genesis over our boy max homa tour bjorn olsen pulls away to a win by four at the dp world tour thailand classic lydia ko hangs on to win by one at the uh, leave your politics out of my sports saudi ladies international over aditi ashok and andy ogletree wins by three shots at the Asian Tours International Series Qatar. We got a lot to talk about with the result, the golf course. Kevin Van Valkenburg, our new hire, has been out at Genesis all week long. He will be calling in at some point during this show uh, to talk about his controversial piece on the uh, the 10th hole. But uh, a lot to discuss. I'm going to throw it to... I'm going to throw it to Randy first. I just wonder if you if you have anything to speak on when it comes to John Rahm. It's been a little while here. Yeah, I think, you know, people remember I was I was questioning whether Rom was any good. I, I think I've said in the past he, he might, in fact, stink. Been a tough couple months for that take. <laughs> so I, I do want to maybe officially walk that one back. I think oh. he has been playing some good golf. I, I, I will apologize for saying he stinks, but I'm never going to apologize for saying aesthetically he, his golf game doesn't do it for me. But, but I do recognize... Um, the the run he has been on he's that's he's playing you. supreme golf and you know what honestly there's a little bit of like good like this is i i think with you know with great talent with with great expectations we want to see stretches like this so so good on him for fulfilling and living up to 
the billing as truly one of the elites in the world. I guess my only concern now is it, you know, it just has that feel of, you know, Skip might be asking him to get six outs one too many time here in the, the early going of the year. So I wonder how he's going to hold up in the dog days of summer, but we'll, uh, we'll see when we get there. You're this saying has, Skip as like the, the coach or Skip manager. isn't like Skip Bayless? The manager. Okay. Yeah. This has whiffs of uh, of TC the other day on Slack saying, yes. "quote I, I respect LeBron's career." At long last, he said, "You know what? I'll say, I'll say I respect it. I respect LeBron's career." However, no, Rand that's the thing about Randy. When presented with overwhelming evidence, he's he's never going to you know triple down, dig his heels in. He's never. always he's always willing to admit when he's wrong. Randy, I, I really I enjoy uh, enjoyed hearing that from you. I, I think this week for me was I, I mean without trying to be too cheesy like i don't really know what else you want from a regular season pj tour event i mean that that to me feels like about as good as it gets i thought the golf course is was finally presented i think in a way that all of us have really been hoping for and waiting for i thought cbs was was great this week we can quibble about some stuff on sunday but that just elevated the whole experience max obviously was was wishing max would get it done i was saying to tron before we hopped on like the ultimate testament to Max right now is that I'm not that gutted for him after he just lost his favorite tournament in the world, uh, you know, and, and finished second for the first time in his career. Uh, I think that just shows like how well he's been playing and also how well Rom's been playing. And kind of like we were saying about Scotty the other day, it's like the more Rom wins, the more interesting he gets. I just I can't get enough. Give it to me. Uh, it, it was fantastic, fantastic week of golf. TC, what do you take away? Oh, a lot of TIO. A lot of TIO. I, uh, you know, the I hate that that's going to cause such a pall over the week for you. It's you the biggest story. The Everybody's green. saying it's the biggest story of the whole week. That and the app not working. I was at Publix earlier and people were coming up to me left and right. TC, you hear about this? You know, it's very, it's just unfortunate. It was rubber the green the, uh, during what round? What was that? Round two Friday that afternoon? One. We're going to get yeah. to that, that was, one later. That was rubber the green, but, but Saturday. When he drove it left of three, this, this is Rom we're talking about. Rom, yeah, into the you know whatever you want to call it, into the maintenance area or the TV compound. It, I don't know what it is. Everybody's into saying something that into something that had walls around it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's it should be fucking ob. Like and I don't care if it's if it's not ob for the members who play it on a weekly basis. These aren't the members. These are the best players in the world. And like the fact that that he doesn't even have to go in there and look for his ball. Like he just has to know that, that it presumably went in there and then like he doesn't have to find it, but then he gets to hit a provisional and practice. It's crazy to me. Yeah. That's, that's my big takeaway too. I without that practice swing, would he have found his golf and, you know, really got it, got it. He was in the missing house, it so. left. He was missing it left. You know, even Saturday he was missing it left. So I don't know. It's just, I'm just so fucking tired of these guys. Like, I mean, Keith Mitchell did it on 17. Like they just, bounce it off of everything they're they got it's like playing bumper pool i or, wonder what or, these what the i don't know if these guys would break par if it weren't for these grandstands <laughs> in the til like that's the thing like all of our balls they keep running far away from it but these guys just everything cams right back on the green and that's 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 the biggest takeaway i have from all of this no but. i mean like the condition the course was the setup was awesome the greens got shiny as hell today such a just an unbelievably great golf tournament but yeah that's that's my one quibble with it 
I was trying really hard uh, not to get carried away on Twitter after this one, which is, you know, it says something because that's kind of my specialty, right? But I'm sensitive to like what VJ did in 2004. Um, there's been some great Phil runs. Jason Day had an incredible run. DJ's had some incredible runs. Uh, I'm I'm just like struggling though to like put way too many like too many runs like all time heaters in the last 20 years up here up against what Rom is doing right now. I mean he's won five times in nine starts with other fantastic appearances on top of that, and you know almost wins Tory Pines, and it's just insane how freaking hot this guy is and how it doesn't look like it's going away. And I'm just gonna throw this question out there. This is getting carried away. I'm 100% aware of that, but like, it's not outrageous to think about him winning the Grand Slam this year. Like, it's not outrageous. Like, it's been a huge rarity to see somebody so clearly lift and separate from a talent perspective and win a tournament when not everything is going right for him. I did not feel like everything went right for him. It was not like he could not miss a shot. And he still wins the golf tournament with all, almost all of the best players in the world on it. And that's just to say, like, when the golf courses get harder, I like his chances even more. I, I, I mean, every time it's been the, the, the challenge has gotten harder, he has risen to the occasion to say, like, is it cr the crazy to think he could win two, three, even four majors this year? The Grand Slam? I mean, it's not insane, right? Uh, it's not insane, but it also I mean, is it's insane. insane. It is insane. <laughs> yeah. It is insane, yeah, yeah. but, like... Right. I, let me put it this way, Sully. If, if, if I'm betting on anybody to win the Grand Slam right now, it's Rob. Yeah, uh, exactly. That, but if I think is doing a lot of lifting in that sentence, you know, I think you could chuck this one out there. And uh, if he does win the Grand Slam, you're going to isolate this audio, look like a genius. <laughs> and if he doesn't, you know, I don't think anyone's really going to hold it against you. But that's kind of the TC playbook. <laughs> exactly. Can, can I take you guys back to last uh, last year's BMW Championship? Can I before you do that? Can I also say this was the first bet I hit all year long, which is incredible that I would try to predict the grand slam on top of that congratulations congrats, man. congrats here, man. here we go going back to uh the bmw championship randy let me know if this is any good for you t2 win t4 win t8 win win t7 third first that's that's what we got going for john rom that's good that <laughs> listen that's you heard it here first that is good <laughs> I, I do think it will be if if Rom doesn't win a major this year, it is kind of like I, 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 I would if I was you, Randy, I would double down here to be like, all right, it's got to be you got to have more than one major then at this point. The resume you've stacked up to this point, I, I need more than one major out of you. I'm giving you I'm chat GPTing you this content right here. Like this is, this is what you should be saying. Well, I, I think if I can try to make a little bit of a distinction and uh, I will preface this with saying you know, we, we, we like to lean into certain takes, of course. But I, I think my thing with Rom was, listen, I, I get that he's very talented. I get that he's a very good golfer. But up until DJ, that, that BMW championship last year, I mean, he, he had a very good resume, obviously a, a major championship. But I think runs like this really do help cement his status in, in everybody's mind. It's like, okay, yeah, this guy is elite of the elite. Um, so I, I do without, you know, trying to be silly, I, I do think it's an important run for him to go on. I, I, I think it's a, a step up. Um, you know, he's, he's finding a new gear, finding a new level. And I, I do think that's important for him. And, you know, for, for us that love watching guys really rise and, 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 you know, become 
what hopefully will be all-time greats, right? That That's one of the biggest thrills of, of watching golf, I think. I, I did just ask uh, ChatGPT if if John Rahm is good and uh, said, yes, John Rahm is an extremely talented professional golfer, considered one of the best players in the world. Not the best player in the world. So there so, you have I, it, Randy. I mean, Rahm's been on tears like this before. Like after he won the U.S. Open, it was first, seventh, T3 at... at at the Open Championship, third at Northern Trust, T9 at BMW, uh, tied for first at the Tour Championship. I don't know what that means on the World Rankings site. But it's like he's he's done this before, and then he cools off. He misses a cut. I think he's raised his floor and everything. But, man, Sally, it's so hard to win a major. I much know. less, I was just much less four of Listen, them. Come on. Much less, like, even at Tour. What Tory. if he does? He got he got help with the TIO ruling at Tory when he won as well. <laughs> That's true. That's very he might win the TIO Grand Slam. How about that? Will you meet me halfway think, on that one? Yeah. Trying to think that means I mean no chance at the Masters. Just not enough, not enough grandstands out there. Oh, good good evening. Good afternoon. Good evening, sir. We have Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg calling in here from uh somewhere around Riviera. Hello, KVV. Can you hear us? Uh good morning, good evening. I can hear you loud and clear. How are how is everybody? We are fired Better up. I just, I just said that uh, Rom's going to win the Grand Slam, so everyone's all worked up. So uh, I'm hoping you can you can come in with a, a take hotter than that about what you witnessed out there this week. Oh yeah, I mean he's going to win the Golden Slam, the Olympics too. Uh, you know, the, I don't know if the Olympics are even this year, but uh, just add it the you know add it to the thing and a Ryder Cup also. Yeah, that's the ultimate sweep. So uh, no, what an awesome like just kind of uh, badass performance down the stretch. He was. I walked with him, him and Max uh, for the last four holes. Uh, and so, you know, I, I watched a little bit of on TV, did some other reporting, but um, pretty awesome. Just like big, big dick performance by John. Take us. What did you see out there? Uh, in, in, how close were you for the uh, be the freaking number uh, shot on 16? Uh, literally like probably five feet from John. I mean, it was you could tell like the tension was in the air that everybody was like super you know, quiet for Max and then buzzing a little bit too much for John. Uh, I know it wasn't that order of it, but like it, it was really kind of an, um, you could feel like it was a moment. And I talked to John's caddy, Adam Hayes afterwards. And he was like, yeah, that, that was a moment. You got to have like every tournament you need, like a moment when you're stepping up and basically like saying, I'm seizing this right here. And that was the moment for John. I mean, he did, I don't know if you could tell, but he kind of did like a really like a fist pump, like just like below the waist fist pump. Uh, as the ball, you know, bounced and the crowd kind of went a little bit crazy and stuff. So definitely like a, a, a cool moment. Transitioning to talking a little bit about Riv. I know you got to do some uh, some writing tonight and you've done some writing on nolangup.com. If people don't know yet, we got our website's back up and running thanks to uh, the KVV, word out. KVV word out. We're back up. <laughs> We're back, We're back up. <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> what uh, You wrote a piece about uh, the 10th hole. You sat there for an entire day on Saturday, uh, documented a bunch of stuff, asked a bunch of pros. Uh, uh, kind of for their reaction on the tenth hole. Since you've posted it, there's been a lot of reaction to it. What's what's your uh, so if you're summing up for somebody that uh, that has not read it and uh, wants to kind of hear what you have to say after the reaction? Uh, how would you describe uh, the tenth hole at Riviera? I feel like I've just been sort of hearing for most of my life that the tenth is like you know this cathedral of golf, and so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and basically sit under a tree, facing the tee, and putting myself in harm's way for the entire day, and just wait and see like all the fireworks and all that kind of cool shit. And yeah, you know, it was okay. Uh, I, I think <laughs> what I really wanted to do was ask a bunch of players and, uh, and let, instead of just firing off a take. And so I, 
literally hung out in scoring for a couple hours and just like grabbed guys as they were coming in. And uh, a lot of them do not like it. And, you know, that's actually kind of uh, <laughs> a funny thing, I think, on some level. Um, you know, it sort of depends on whether you think like if you do um, the right thing on a whole that you should be rewarded with something. Um, and I, I think, you know, Rory was pretty candid and just basically, I was like, Hey, does the temple still great? Or does it stink? And like literally before I could get the words out of my mouth, he was like, it stinks. It absolutely stinks. Uh, and I was like, Oh, well, could you expand a little bit on that? And he went, you know, deep into the Kukuya and how, you know, it just wasn't uh, designed for the way it is. And, you know, my sort of takeaway was essentially like, yeah, you hear like about how it's so sweet and really it's just kind of like a chip off and it's a lot of guys like who even have to play it safe on the chip. So look, is it a bad hole? No, it's not a bad hole, but like, could it be better? I think that's my big takeaway is like, if there was two Eagles all week, they came on the one day when, uh, you know, there happened to be the pin in the right spot where literally no one laid up the entire day. So, you know, would it be awesome or if like you could chase that angle way left? I mean, I was kind of joking in my piece, like, why don't we take out this Tito's vodka shack and put it somewhere else? And then like all of that area could at least help you chase that angle. Maybe it's rough over there, but maybe you could still, you know, if it's a really bad, like back right pin, you could go and do it that way. And, but Tiger did, you know, he, he did it uh, without having to get that far wide left on uh, today. So that was kind of a cool, you know, like F you and in, in the sort of, well, you have, you can't lay up kind of uh, approach. I do find myself every time I, I watch it, I, I agree with everything in your piece and a lot of what was coming from the players. I'll, I'll turn it over to my associates uh, in a moment for the for the other the counterpoint. But I do also lean so much closer to the TV whenever somebody does have a wedge shot in there. So like Tiger played way out to the left today and I'm just fascinated to watch and see if he can you know, hit that coffee table that he has to hit in order to hold the green with his wedge. And when he does, I'm just, I'm so much more thrilled. So I, I don't know, I've ping ponged back and forth, even in the last 36 hours on this. And which I think honestly is, is what makes it like a, a really good hole from as, as far as how I would define it, which is kind of psychotic, right? Like, I, I don't think it's a good hole as far as like good shots get rewarded, but I think it's a good hole as, as far as like put that shit on my TV and I will watch it. Yeah. It's unique and different. And <laughs> it's, it's much better on TV. I assume than in person to sit there and watch. Cause it's just, it's not that exciting to watch guys like chip away from the hole. Right. But it is, it serves as a, and it served a great role today on Sunday. It was like, okay, like Max is two behind. But shit can happen on 10. Like, something might happen here. Max can drive the green and make a birdie here. And if something goes wrong for John Rahman, a lot went wrong for him. He actually made a really good bogey. That can flip the golf tournament, right? You have to pass through that test. It's kind of, in a way, like 17 at Sawgrass. I'm like, like is that a genius hole? No. But with, like, a shitload of money on the line and the excitement of the back nine on Sunday, is that exciting to watch? Absolutely. And it, uh, something about that hole really does work for me. And I, I, where I can back myself into a corner here is I think Randy gets a little carried away with the USGA wanting wanting chaos. And I don't really agree with him there, but I do kind of agree here of like this concept, it works on four and 10 for me of like, hey, you're not going to hit a, like a perfect shot here. You're going to hit it somewhere and you're going to have an uncomfortable second no matter what. You got to avoid the landmines in some way. You got to have a play crafty shots around the green. And it's just a test you have to pass. And it is a change of pace that is way more fun than a boring drivable four and it's more fun than a driver wedge hole. And so I'm, I'm in on 10. I don't think it's brilliant. I really don't. I don't even think it's that well designed, but it's like, I'm excited to watch pro golfers play that hole. Yeah. I just, I think it was fun to hear from the players, right? I, I think there's a lot of value in like basically 
getting their opinion. And then you can sort of, you know, take the Randy take of like, yeah, but they're just whining and that's awesome. Uh, so I think it was fun to at least like put the question to them. Uh, and you could see to me, it was like also sort of evidence of how a little bit soft, like the golf establishment is where like, you know, all these people felt like they need to respond and defend the hole as if, you know, that had sort of, you know, basically like spray painted the side of the Notre Dame cathedral. Like, come on, man, like, is this a hole? Like it didn't look like that when it was designed, but so to speak of it in like these reverent terms of like George Thomas would be disgusted with, you know, this, like, no, nah, man, like it's just a hole. It's just the grass. It's funny to me. Like, I, I think part of it is it's overrated because it's unique. Right. And we just don't see anything like it. And so, you know, there's it, I think it elicits strong, strong reactions. It's getting more and more severe in spots, but I think it, it's actually gotten more severe over the last, what, five or 10 years. And it's, it seems like it's kind of stuck in the middle a little bit. It's like, make it, make it even more boned if you try to drive it up there and, you know, get caught under the lip or like make it easier to get boned up there to where, like make it more penal up there. So where if you don't pull off the shot, you have to lay back, you know? Um, yeah, there. I, I was thinking about it today. I, I almost like if you added some length to it, I know this is just becomes like a golf equipment goes too far conversation. But I, I feel like if you did have to hit a longer shot in order to try to get there and you brought more of that risk of missing to the right where you're like truly boned back into play, I think then it becomes, you know, more strategic and, and more interesting. But I think, yeah, it becomes like a, a bit of a misnomer when you're like, oh, it's this great strategic hole. Did you see how John Rom like hit it into those bushes that we planted randomly back there? Like that's that's brilliant. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't quite know about that. I think KBB one one of the um, the things that that was a great point off of your article that uh, I didn't think of first, but a few different people I saw on Twitter and elsewhere were talking about is I, I think it's important to remember you know for fifty one weeks of the year this is a hole played by the membership and I think for those people it's it's a wonderful golf hole because I'm sure a handful of them have enough yardage to carry the bunkers to get it up close drive it up the left uh otherwise you're you're laying back and so i dj i know like we don't want to just necessarily turn it into like well yeah it's a distance debate but it seems like that's kind of what it is when, when we when we're talking about this whole specifically for the pga tour um and, and the only point i'll add is you know nance mentioned at the end of the broadcast today that the women are coming here in 2026 for the us open like it's it's got the potential to be the best hole on the court for them if they set it up in a way that that really makes the women decide whether they want to try to drive the ball and, and get it up there close so i i'm just a bit hesitant i guess saying all that i i, I it just wouldn't sit right with me to to drastically change the hole for one week a year when I think it's kind of fun that these guys are a little triggered and, oh, it's not fair. I don't get the bounce. My good shot doesn't get rewarded. Like, yeah, man, just just play. Like, no sympathy for that. You also get to hit it into a fenced-off area and, like, get a free drop from that, too. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, I, 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 like, I think the real culprit here, and it's and we can talk about it on on uh, 4 as well, is the Kikuya. Because it's like the, like the course wasn't designed with that in mind, right? And so there's there's all sorts of variables being added from that like if this was just really really nippy fescue or you know dry bermuda i, I don't think we'd be having the same conversation but, i mean the point that a couple people made is that the that the, the when the olympics were here and they were brought in the, the grass got sort of trod in for the polo 
uh, that was sort of part of the Olympics way back when. And that's how the Kikuya <laughs> came in, like in the 20s. Uh, so, you know, it just, it wasn't like it in, this in Hogan's day where you could actually, like he talked about four being like one of the best par fours in the world. But that was Rory's point was like, look, it's not a bad hole. It just needs some like adjustments, like take out, rip out of the Kikuya. I mean, easy to say, it's probably a $10 million uh, sort of endeavor, but, uh, and then the hole could be fine because you could choose to sort of, you know, run it up and, and, you know, take on certain pins that way. But, uh, you know, it's Kikuya grass isn't exactly easy to eliminate. Might need to get Neil out there on his horse, uh, dragging some, some non-native grasses out <laughs> to some, uh, some golf courses we're not into. It's interesting. Kevin, before we, uh, before we boot you here to go get some writing, any, uh, any tiger takeaways, uh, from the week? I know you got to watch him play some golf this week. And, uh, what, what are you, what are your, what's your overall reaction to what we saw this week? Uh, it would have been really nice if the tournament director didn't make him play a pro-am or if the tournament director let him, uh, you know, take a cart. So I think he should probably take that up with the tournament director. You know, he looked a little bit tired, uh, today, but I mean, just way better in general, uh, than we saw him, you know, the last few times. He seemed to be in pretty good spirits. Uh, I think, you know, he did mention, you know, he he's saying, I, he used to say, oh, you know, I'm going to play the majors and what else. He kind of hinted at, uh, sorry, Greg Norman's helicopter is flying over right now. Uh, he kind of hinted that we, we might see him in another PGA Tour uh, event this year. It might not be just the majors. Uh, so I don't know what that would be. Um, he didn't, wasn't explicit about that, but you know, he, he talked about, he, he gave the her warrior talk about how every night is a nice bath and then it's reactivating the muscles and then it's more ice and that's not pleasant, but that's just what athletes do, you know, get their lift in before and stuff. So it was, there were some, some fun tiger uh, touch points, uh, but you know, he was hanging around uh, the 18th green and obviously getting ready stuff. And he was, he gave Max a big hug and a big smile. And I was just sort of standing off to the side thinking about how surreal that must be for max to sort of you know have a, not only like a won his tournament you know two years ago but now like have a friendly relationship with him where tiger is like generally like really happy that max is involved in some stuff that was pretty cool and you know he's still the the biggest planet in the universe i mean everybody i talked to you know i'm working on a little piece that's kind of just like scenes from the week and talked to aaron rye for a little bit about you know he went out like during tiger's pro-am and followed him for like nine holes and just watched him hit shots. And he was like super nervous. And somebody, the Tigers, uh, you know, Rob McNamara sort of said, you know, hey, Aaron, come on over here and meet Tiger. And so, you know, he got to sort of meet him and he's like, that probably would have never happened if I hadn't gone out to the pro-am. So now it was like a cool moment of like, you can see how some of the pros even still treat him like their kids. And he's like this heroic figure. Kev, you, you mentioned kind of scenes. I know you that's that's kind of your your bread and butter. What was what was the big scene of the week for you? What was, you know, kind of your your favorite thing to be on the ground for that you would have missed otherwise this week? Yeah, I mean, just getting to kind of uh, it's funny, like, you know, this is a little bit self-serving, but a couple of guys coming up to me who I had never even met before and being like, oh, we're so excited that you're with NLU now. Like, uh, that, you know, that's kind of a cool thing to sort of. Uh, have people act like they're, you know, they've read your shit before and they're excited to be a part of it. Honestly, like the thing that, like it just happened a few minutes ago, but the thing that I kind of took away is like, you know, Max was like tearing up after, you know, not getting it done. And he was inside the um, scoring and you could sort of tell he was like really, really like mad about what had gone down, but he sort of, you know, steeled himself a little bit and then went outside signed all these autographs for all these kids and he just was like sort of seething, but all these kids are screaming, 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 you know, and he's kind of just making his way down the line, kind of like still in his head processing everything that just happened. And that was just kind of a cool, like look at, 
you know, the other side of professional sports. I mean, I think failure is always like more interesting in a lot of ways than success because it sort of makes people kind of question uh, things about themselves. And, you know, Max has always really kind of gotten it done in the, in the heat of things and now has an example of like, he didn't quite get it done. And you could just see him kind of processing that. And that's, that's a cool thing to be able to witness that you just couldn't get like on TV because, you know, once the cameras go away, they're, they're sort of like really, they're giving you a realness that uh, you, you don't quite get. Love it. I look forward to uh, reading your thoughts on uh, nolayingup.com. I assume they'll be available as of Monday. So KVV, thank you for making the trip and thank you for calling in. And uh, we will, we'll see you again shortly, brother. Hell yeah. All right. The new Titleist TSR1 driver is designed to maximize performance for players with moderate swing speeds. I like the word moderate doing a lot of lifting here. Elegant, elegant swing of, speed. Of uh, the next segment, which is roughly one third of all golfers. It's incredibly lightweight configuration and enhanced aerodynamics make it easier to generate more speed. The new face technology optimizes ball speed across the entire face. It also is a great fitting option to add spin and keep the ball in the air. Who of us needs that? Our very own Big Randy was fit into the TSR1 due to his club path and his delivery. Uh, the guy needs spin. He needs it. And by switching to the TSR1 and by adding loft, they got him into a low 2000s in backspin, producing a higher flight, more carry, and a more stable ball flight. I believe the words he said in the fitting was, it's incredible, which I've never heard him describe any of his golf shots in that way. Randy's not going to say this about himself. Ball is coming out of a completely different oh, window. He, he is driving the shit out of the ball. R.I.P. R.I.P. to Poosh because Randy put him into an absolute body bag with this with the new driver. It was crazy. The TSR one is now available for fittings and in golf shops everywhere on February 23rd. The introduction of TSR one completes the new Titleist TSR driver family, which includes DJ's TSR two. I'm in the TSR three and also the TSR four and Titleist was of course the most played driver this week at Riv and continues to be the most played driver on the PGA tour. Go to Titleist.com to find a fitter near you and see which TSR driver is right for your game. And in an upcoming video, you might even see which uh, one KVV got fit into. Stay tuned. Love the tease there. Um, I guess we missed a pretty emotional uh, interview from Max Homa. I see that making the the waves on uh, on Twitter in terms of uh, it is weird to I, I'm glad I didn't tweet this because I am the ultimate cooler when it comes to this stuff. But rooting like watching Max and rooting for him is so much fun because it just always feels like he's got it. Like it's just he just keeps hitting good shots. We've seen him do it so many times. It's not stressful. Like imagine when we watch Spieth in contention. At any point, does that feel not stressful? Not one time ever has it not been extremely stressful. Yet watching Max do it feels, uh, I don't know, it feels there's a comfort level to it that it doesn't feel like the, there's no moment that's too big for him. Um, so I don't have any big takeaways uh, from a close call or, or, you know, not getting the job done, if you will, because it makes way more sense that you would mix in a close call where it doesn't work out than it would to win every single time that you're in contention. I'm curious your guys' reaction to that. He just made so many damn putts. <laughs> I mean, like watching him Thursday, Friday, he was in complete control of his game. Didn't really have it as much uh, Saturday, Sunday, as far as tee to green. Missed a couple putts today, but overall, it was just like the guys, he's putting his his brains out right now. G gained 11.3 uh, shots on the field uh, putting this week. He had first 93 yeah. total putts. He was, yeah, first in the field. And he made, Randy, get this, he made 355 feet of putts this week. How about that? Is that a readily available stat now? 
Oh yeah, it's always it's up there in the. Uh, it's always been there in okay. the in the. Well, no, it's not publicly available. I don't think that's the that's the, the special. <laughs> the, the, you got the, They yeah. don't. They know people are just slobbering for that one. TC exactly. Put it behind the paywall. You got to have a D Rider <laughs> membership to get those numbers, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but like, it's kind of it's kind of crazy for Max to be. He was T forty two in in strokes gained off the tee. Like that's normally his bread and butter is is driving the driving the golf ball. So it's. It's cool to see him finish first in putting for the week. He was second, you know, overall. Uh, but like, you know, irons were kind of they were like hot and cold here and there. He was missing left a little bit in spots. Um, but like, I mean, shit. Like on Friday, like the round we saw him play on Friday, I was like, that was. I mean, Thursday and Friday, I was so I was about ready to like run through a wall after watching him both those days. It was just like the shots he had into eight and nine and eleven made a mess on 12 13 it was it was awesome i just like i love watching him play golf i think it's maybe solly going to or i guess kind of tying both of these points together i think part of why it doesn't feel stressful to me i think is his tempo truly yeah. it is like his tempo is so good that it just never looks like he's trying too hard it never looks like he's missing something wildly when he gets the tempo going and he gets those like soft butter cuts falling right i mean it's just it's like game over i mean tron you were you were kind of alluding to this uh, on Slack earlier in the week, but like he's so clearly leveled up and raised his floor so freaking much that like, you know, talking about him in the same breath as a lot of these guys used to almost be kind of like, well, yeah, you're saying that like because you're his buddy. And now it's very clearly not like he is so truly one of the best players in the world. And it's it's kind of jarring to <laughs> to see it. He's ranked number eight in the world. after Yeah, this. like he's, he's he's in the top 10 in the world now. It's crazy. Uh, I think the other thing too is like they never miss reads. It doesn't seem like, or, or at least they didn't miss reads this week. Like if if Max missed a putt, it was because it was, you know, it didn't have enough speed, or he left it short, or whatever. Like or or it was too firm. Like it, it, I just love listening to Joe and Max go through their process, and maybe it's a I don't know. Like I I hate to I hate to give credit to the Aimpoint Express thing because I think it. You know, I'm with you, Sally. I think it should be outlawed, but hell yeah, man, it, it's it's working for <laughs> it. Uh, something too, Max gets when he gets over the ball, it's like go time. There's not a lot of waggle. There's not a lot of linger time. It's like I, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to hit it, and he plays with just this this the like he went down swinging. He, here I am looking up the numbers. I'm like, oh, bogey here is going to cost him four hundred thousand dollars. Like, just let's make sure we lock up second here. He, you know, drives it in the right trees and and Joe asks him, like, are we trying to make three? And it was a quick answer of like, yes, like we are not going to, you know, Rom is in, you know, we, we're hoping for a Rom three putt, I guess. And we're going to try to hold something out here to, to make this interesting because I mean, one, why wouldn't you if you're him and you chipped in and then Danny Willett three putted from three feet and you won a tournament? Like, of course, you're never going to give up after that and hits the chip on 18 that was in and it, I mean, in. it was it was it, it was going it was moving quickly but it was about as straight on as it could have been for a ball to uh to have popped out and um it's it was awesome awesome freaking week for him and I, I forget who said it earlier about not being sitting here really bummed is a the, maybe the best compliment best testament we can pay to how good his game is this year because this is third top three of the of 2023 already he also too like again i know this is like a, a personal thing but like he hasn't turned into just a close all the walls i'm a superstar now kind of guy which is which is awesome like he still somehow works harder and still somehow has time for everybody and and everything but like i was telling you guys before we came out i was texting him thursday he shoots 64 
outright leader at his favorite tournament on tour. And I knew that uh, his wife and, and son were not there. So I'm like, well, what do you like? What do you do now? Like, what are you what are you doing? And he's like, well, this like sports psychologist I'm working with, like convinced me to log out of social media. So I'm just sitting in the hotel, just Googling stuff. And <laughs> that was like maybe my favorite, favorite visual ever. I think of just this like, <laughs> like budding golf superstar, just like, man, so bored. Like, what should I Google next? <laughs> uh, is like just perfect. He, he was probably he was probably talking to the Bing uh, chatbot. He, he might have been. God, it's a good thing we didn't turn him loose on some of the AI stuff. <laughs> might, not have, might not have seen him again. I, we we kind of zoomed past a little bit. Um, we we talked a little bit about Rom's moment there with the shot on sixteen, but the putt on fourteen as well. Um, I mean, that thing just never left the middle of the hole, and that was just the divi- defining like stake in the heart moment it wasn't over at that point but that was just like dude how do you get around this guy i really don't know how you do it and he was number one in strokes gain approach on saturday number one in strokes gain approach on sunday number one strokes gain approach for the week and also gained over four and a half strokes uh on the greens basically didn't drive it as great as he could have this week and he's just he's freaking inevitable man i was gonna say and also like didn't feel like he had his best stuff somehow Right, shot two sixty fives this week and like, didn't have his best stuff. Yeah, it could have been better. Listen, yeah. should I have should I have mentioned the Grand Slam thing? No, but should I? Like, I was the point I was trying to make was no, like one more this, thing about the Grand Slam thing. If this, you really think about it, this feels like a just a different kind of heater. I, I'm sure there's been a results period that look somewhat similar, and even from other players, but this kind of level of play feel from I, maybe I just because I've been watching a shitload of golf to start this year. But from what I'm seeing, it's just like, dude, there's one guy right now that is up there every single time, and it's him, and it's incredible. I know I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, too, when we did the, the Amex pod, but the most impressive thing about Rom, possibly, other than just consistency, is the fact that he does it everywhere. There's a lot of these guys that are like kind of horses for courses, and they you know that they're going to play really well on you know this type of place or they're not going to play really well at this type of place but like he goes out and he wins Kapalua, he wins amex and he wins riviera it's just like no he, he just like is the best golfer like he's just gonna win just roll out the balls like let's let's see what happens like rom's gonna win it has nothing to do with the course or just he gets a slight edge here or whatever like he just wins he's trying like i think he's coming for rory or i think he's already come for rory and like rory needs to punch back because it's i mean rory had like his C minus game this week it seemed like and still still fought pretty valiantly but I mean even like I mean Rom I thought he was dead in the water after 11 today 11 like he made a mess on 10 made a mess on 11 still made par and then bogeyed 12 and I'm like oh shit like this is this is Max's to lose and then he just you know 14 happens 16 happens and he just just buckles down down the stretch it's crazy a lot of people in the comments calling out uh, that I'm forgetting about Scheffler's run last year. I must say about that, you're exactly right. I definitely am. This, this has happened more recently. But even mixed in there, like Scheffler went T55 at the players and surrounded all that run, you know, that run of wins with like a T15, T18, T20, T25. Like, Rom doesn't do that. Like, he doesn't go outside the top 10. And yeah, he doesn't have like the four wins yet to match that kind of heater. But that's kind of what I'm saying is it's not like a, Eh, is it going to be there this week? Like, no, it is. And to a point where I, I, I'm not betting against, I, I will probably put, he'll be plus 200 to win the next tournament he plays probably. And yeah. Uh, the player Hill. kind of the ultimate heat check. Like, 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 I feel like there's, there's a, this is a delineating point in the season where guys are going to Florida, you know, tonight, tomorrow morning. And 
hey, how's that going to, you know, is your game going to travel with you to Florida? Different type of grass, different type of golf course, water everywhere. You can't, like, Rom, if he misses it left off the tee like he did today, he's he's re-teeing on a lot of these courses, you know? What uh, let's before we go down the leaderboard too much, I want to pause a little bit on on Riv. We talked a little tenth hole uh, with KVV um, when he was on a, a minute ago, but I think every year before Riv, we get into it and we, you know, it's Riv week. Oh, it's the best week on tour. It is, and I'm kind of like, hey, you know what? Like, is it a little overrated? Maybe like, is it? And every year I come back emphatically on this show on Sunday night to say, no, it is not. It is. It's, there's not any like one or two holes that are so incredible that it, uh, you know, is what you would, that that's what you tune in for. Like the sum of its parts is freaking incredible. It is the best golf course in the PGA Tour to watch ESPN Plus in the morning into Golf Channel, into CBS in the afternoon because you'll never get tired of watching guys play those holes. The, the firmness just adds so many different layers to it. It kind of shined through today, I thought, when Keith Mitchell blew one right, way right on the third hole. He had 75 yards in with a freaking lob wedge out of a great lie in almost non-existent rough. And the announcers were just like, yeah, he's got no shot here. Like, no shot. And that is just the testament to great design that leads to, even if you're not like a crazy architecture appreciator or, you know, you don't like think in this way, it leads to what you're watching being really interesting. And each shot having consequence to it. And that we're about to enter a stretch, maybe after the master starts a stretch where it's like, Hey, hit the ball as far as you can and figure it out. And that's like how tour golf gets really sleepy in the summer. And it just is amazing to me how much this week stands out and how how much how many quality golf shots are required. And that just shined through a lot this week for me. Randy, I know this is your your favorite event on tour. What how did it hold up? What do you what do you love about it? Uh, another another great addition, truly. It always feels much closer to a major than it does, you know, a, a regular week to week tour stop for me. I also think there's a little bit of, you know, it's the last event of the West Coast swing. And as somebody that that's always been my favorite portion of the T of the PGA tour um, season of the calendar, it, uh, it, it's just kind of the, the ultimate cherry on top of, of what is, I think like the best six, seven week stretch of, of the, uh, of the season, non-major, uh, non-major division. I will say the only thing that I really noticed this week, and it's it's been like the first time I've noticed it, but gosh, how much better would this week have been if the Live Boys were there, right? Th oh, this yeah. was one week a year where I'm like, God, it's really a shame that they can't figure it out to 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 really get the the best field possible at a course like this because adding a cam smith oh. and a dj and a phil uh guys who've had a lot of success there it, it just would have made it even better but it was wonderful it's wonderful every year i i, I totally agree with who, whoever made the point you know i i can turn on a feature group in the morning and i see the course i see all the shots and i'm still excited to watch the main feed in the afternoon i i can't speak higher of, of the of the event what other weeks even fall into that category for for any of you like non non-major division i mean i feel that way in the majors and i feel that way in the players and honestly i don't really know what other weeks i'm waking up and like thursday give me some featured groups i think it's in a class of its own right there but like i think there's some others that i do that for but not quite as much like i love harbortown i yeah. love watching guys play harbortown i'm so excited for this year where it's it's going to be an elite field I would say Memorial's probably in that Harbortown bucket as well to where like, you know, like, and 
Pebble to like like Pebble yeah. to an extent, just because I like watching guys play that golf course. But you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just the crazy part here is how much better Riv could seemingly be with a little bit more TLC and a little bit more like you know like fixing the fairway on one right or some of the runoff areas or the Kikuya here or there. It's just like it's it's just such a great golf course. George Thomas was a fucking baller. It sounds like the Kikuya problem is bigger than a quick fix. I think uh, was oh, yeah. it Friday or uh, just for the listeners' sake? Golf course for years. For the yeah. listeners' sake, it, I think it was Friday that wrote about it. So I heard somebody refer to it about how you have to dig out like four feet down to the the core of where that stuff is is growing from. I think so. Uh, it, it is a, a problem with it, but I, I'm also like, you know, I saw Andy's comments this week calling for kind of a, a restoration renovation to it as well. But I was like. Man, what a great testament to Riv that I I still think it's the best and it like could use a bunch of work, right? In terms of it it I just love the style of golf that's not going to be thick rough and you're not just like dead when you go into the rough, but you're going to pay a price in a totally different way and it's probably because of contouring, it's probably because of elevation change, it's probably because of bunkering and there's a right side and a wrong side of the fairway to miss and watching Tiger chase angles and like some golf courses it absolutely does not matter if what angle you're coming in at, at trying to approach some of these greens but like if you watch the golf this week no one that even understood the game even a little bit would say like oh yeah it doesn't really matter which angle you come in from at Riviera like oh I had I had some people some people <laughs> well trying yeah, to argue that in my yeah, mentions I'm this sure. week <laughs> you saw you're in luck then because LACC is much better than Riv really <laughs> like it's it's gonna be fucking awesome man love, it's gonna yeah. be incredible and i think it's also kind of a, a commentary on the rest of the venues on the pga tour for as sure. well that like this one's you know and i realize there's reasons why and you know this is kind of a a special case and you know a great course in a major metropolitan area this random old you know japanese real estate mogul owns it like it's very much like you know its own thing but man i wish i wish something like this existed in philly or in Boston or in Chicago or Cleveland, you know? Yeah. I, I think that kind of speaks a little bit to the, the CBS stuff too, in that like CBS has been great on the West coast swing. And I'm, I'm very curious what it looks like uh, when they don't have like the course in the field to, to lean on like they, they have, right. Like it, it'd be curious to see how much of that is doing the, the lifting. Cause yeah, venues, the venues matter, man. That that was that was the star of the show this week, and it just makes it so clear, like how the best players can separate themselves on these venues. And it's just, I don't know, awesome week. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have changed a thing other than maybe a couple strokes Max's way. But and well, that that like like that's the craziest thing with the venues is like the venues like that matters. I would watch anybody play this golf course, and then and then you go down the leaderboard here, and you got like, and I'm I'm not going down the leaderboard yet. <laughs> it, might like, time. it might be yet. time. You have Rom, Max. Cantlay, uh, Mr. Toolman, Will Zalatoris, <laughs> Keith Mitchell, Sahith, Colin Morikawa, uh, a random Matt Kuchar sighting. I say, don't skip Cooch. <laughs> Jason Day, Gary Woodland, Adam Svensson's playing great golf right now. Like that, like Scotty Scheffler, T12, Shane Lowry. I mean, there's just like that's the a flusher, fucking leaderboard. Harris English, and like, and some people out there might be saying like, well, of course it's designated event. It's like a WGC. You know, of course the leaderboard's going to be great. But like, no, there's still a shitload of players in these fields. Like, this is thirty guys in the field. Yeah. Next yeah. year, there's not going to be this many guys. But at this point, there are still a lot of chances. But it's just, yeah, it it this is an identifier of talent. And both the last two weeks, I thought, I mean, Nick Taylor was kind of a, an upset. You know, kind of a a, good, a a curveball that was thrown in last week, but. You look at the top fives the last two weeks. Like, I will say, 
I'm curious your guys' thoughts. This one felt elevated to me. This felt designated. This one felt like a bigger PGA Tour event, bigger than last week. Like last week did not, it was like maybe 10, 15% better than a normal week or normal waste management. But this felt even bigger at Riv to me. And it felt like, all right, uh, you know, a little bit of patience. I, I, I probably was still a little too hard or a little too worried about these designated events last week. Cause if I waited a week, I'd say like that felt different. And dude, if not, not to transition this into a live conversation, I, that's a tough one to follow. I would not want to be having my first event following that, that, that event this week. Yeah. I think, I think the only thing about last week versus this week is maybe like the golf is the superstar this week, right? And at yeah. Phoenix, for a lot of very, very, very good reasons that they absolutely should not change, like the golf isn't always going to be at the forefront. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a very serious golf competition when you've got people hucking beers and you know streaking and doing the whole thing. It's it's great. Don't change it. But it, that it that's never going to feel like a major. Whereas this, like on Saturday, Friday night, Saturday night, I was like, fuck, this this feels like a major championship. Like it, it was it was in a class of its own. Um, TC, why don't you tell us about the big story about the guy that finished third this week? Uh, what, what he had going on this week, what he was constructing. Oh yeah. He was, he, he really built, built a week, man. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, 68, 67, 68, 67. You know, it was like a DIY project in four phases. Do you explain uh, why this joke is going? It, yeah, it's, I'm beating, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hammering at home, drilling it into everybody's brains. And you know, I, I nailed it, right? Uh, Cantlay has a DeWalt sponsorship uh, on the side of his hat. It's DeWalt just so. And, and Goldman Sachs, the, the <laughs> ultimate band's man double there. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's a shame that Goldman shuttered Marcus, their consumer <laughs> lending division. So he can't take out some sort of, you know, line of equity or, uh, you know, uh, home loan to do these fixer upper projects um but yeah i just it's just i've been cracking up all all weekend at, <laughs> at pat cantlay diy home improvement pat the pat the tool man cantlay uh also tc just with his pace he seems like a guy that really measures twice and cuts once <laughs> you know well he played with rom on on thursday and friday and like i know rom like rom doesn't like slow play and i know rom was getting getting a little hot under the collar it just you know patty ice is 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 very very slow like kind of like a painter right That's like right. he's in, he's in the painting you want it done right or you want it done fast it's up to exactly. you exactly so measure twice at once yeah randy you stepped away i already made that joke we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna I did get light though <laughs> we are gonna be beating that ground that one into the ground for the rest of eternity because it is the it is one of the best uh pair-ups and sponsorships that i've seen uh, of, of anyone if any if i could pick one guy on tour that i don't think does his own diy projects it would be patrick kelly <laughs> uh good to see him show in some semi-seriousness good to see him show some signs of life it's been kind of kind of absent for most of the the west coast swing but uh excited to see him see him playing well it only makes it more interesting when he's up there threatening to threatening to nab a title from one of these guys before we get uh going too far down the board do we want to can we talk about the cat i think we uh we, we may be the only golf podcast that goes 50 some minutes before uh before mentioning that Tiger Woods played in this uh, past PGA Tour event this week and and drew a crowd and held his own and uh, you know the the we're not look, we're not looking for that Sunday seventy three that was not the uh, you know the note we wanted to go out on couldn't make any putts uh, but TC what's your reaction to to the golf we saw uh, out of Tiger Woods this week Yeah uh, I wasn't expecting him to play so well on Saturday 
think that was probably the one that was like, whoa, goes out. What did he shoot on Saturday? 60, 67, six, four under. Yeah. 67. Yeah. So much speed. It was crazy how much speed he had going. Putter looked a little bulky kind of all week. Um, you know, putted, putted well in spurts, but irons look good. He still had, you know, he had some weird, like you just lay hot over, over like a 75 yard wedge. It's rusty. But, it's um, rusty. but man, like considering like, you know, all things considered crazy, crazy, impressive performance. Uh, I'm a little bit disheartened to hear him say he's going to try to play all four majors. Like I do not think he needs to be going to Rochester in May at all. Yeah. I I am super curious to maybe, see Maybe he meant the players instead of the PGA. That's true. Ooh, Ooh interesting. <laughs> I'm super curious to see if the process of recovery this year is different than it was last year, right? Because he he played all four rounds of the Masters last year. He uh made the cut at the PGA, but he withdrew after Saturday. Uh, and he missed the cut after two rounds, of course, at the Open Championship. And so he only went all four days once last year. And it just kind of seemed to me that he had a little bit more spring in the step, a little bit more. Um, I was less afraid of his knee, like like falling off yeah. as he's walking down the fairways and walking up hills and things like that. Maybe after four days, plus a pro-am, uh, he's probably not feeling great tonight. And his swing speed was way down. His ball speed was actually way down today. I don't, I think... It was maybe not the best sign of how he uh, he aged throughout the course of a week, but I, I wonder if this year might just be a little bit different. He added this tournament. Like, is the players out of question? Like, if he wants to be competitive at the Masters, what's the best route forward? Is it to rest up for a month and a half, or is it to get one more rep in between? Does he need a full month in between starts now to get fired back up again? I don't know the answers to that. I don't think he has the answers to that. But I am optimistic that we would see him at the players. I think that would probably make more sense than Bay Hill. Do you guys agree? It's like once a month, right? Like try to get one once every five weeks, six weeks, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would guess. I, I would rather see him at the players. I think he seems like he would, his skills would shine more there than they would at Bay Hill. But yeah. I, I mean, he's also won at Bay Hill 56 times. So. Who knows? Maybe that's drawing him there. Randy, what do you what do you feel in this? Randy's days? chuckling. Yeah, Randy's looking like the guy in that LG commercial <laughs> down there, just looking like he's full of wonder. I was la This is going to be really bad, guys. I apologize in advance, but uh, oh, no. uh, talking about Tiger in once a month made me chuckle. I, oh, I know we're going to get there, but <laughs> come on. Maybe we, I didn't. I, mean, I swear to God, I, come on. I, didn't, I didn't. Maybe we should. You know, maybe we should avoid that. Like you know. God. Maybe he could get on a regular schedule. That might that's, be nice for him. That's enough out of you. We're not doing guy. that. We're not doing that. Cody, can what? you drop him for 30 seconds? <laughs> Just give him a 30. Like, a, like what do they do on Around the Horn? They drop him in the ice bog. Put him yeah. in the cooler. God. We're going to get the baby. Cody muted him. <laughs> Am I going to get canceled for saying the once a month thing, even though I didn't? I didn't even put no, two I, two Randy, no. Randy tried to hand it to us and we dropped it right away. We're Randy should be oh. the canceled one out of all yeah. of that. But how am I, I how am I canceled? I was just sitting here minding my own business and all you right. guys asked me what I was laughing about. All right, we gotta talk about the tampon. <laughs> well, I'll say we'll go to you first tampon then, Randy. Gate. We gotta talk about tampon gate. You're you gotta lead the charge then. Now you brought it up. Listen, I, I think four <laughs> guys talking about whether it was offensive is probably not the best way to approach it. I pulled a couple females um, that I ran into at various times since it happened, and all of them agreed that, yeah, it's just like, it's dumb. It just seems so unnecessary. I get that it wasn't like a big deal. I'm sure he wasn't meaning to offend anybody, but at the same time, it's just like, man, it, it's 
half the population is is going to take it in a way that's way different than you know you and JT. It, it just felt like such an unforced error, I guess, is what it, it really comes down to. And as a guy who's got a daughter and who's had a long history of, you know, some questionable off course stuff, it, it just felt really stupid. Like, how could he not? see the downside from that i i don't know it, it just felt like a big um a big unforced error it is and do we need to cancel him for it no of course no. not and, and and he apologized i thought it was a little bit of a mealy mouthed apology but you know i think we can all say yeah it was like really stupid and you know that's fine it's a bit like the apology Randy's going to issue tomorrow. I, if anybody was offended by that, I'm sorry. But when it when we're talking, it's it's a different thing. So it's it's totally, you know, it's it's between the four dudes. of us. It's locker room humor. Yeah. Uh, I I think all of us have played in about 600 groups where somebody has said the "hit it with your purse next time" uh, joke, and you know, I, I think I, I don't know. Speaking personally, it's like did, did I kind of stop making those jokes when I was like 13 as from a like, yeah, maybe this is not very funny anymore. It's, it's kind of a shitty thing to say. Uh, I, I definitely struggle with the like, I'm offended by this. No, you're actually not. Let me explain why type of, of mindset online. I, I don't think that's very good for anybody. But I'm with you, Randy, that it's like, is this is it the end of civilization? Like, probably not. Uh, but does he need to do like, considerably better? I, I would say so. It is it is so perfect for everything to get lost in the gray area of on Twitter in terms of like exactly what you said of like this was it wasn't funny one and like yeah there's like people that are gonna be offended by this into oh why are you trying to cancel him for it why are you why are you so offended by this like I don't I don't think anyone's like horrifically offended like this there's a there's there's varying levels of this right but all of that gets lost in the discourse so incredibly fast and that was like amazing to just watch of this is what's wrong with our society and all that chatter of like could it maybe be less dramatic than that i would i would say so right i'm not diminishing at all the like the, the people that like this does offend that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying the reaction to the reaction is what is just like dude take it away take it all away like there's a conversation to be had here as to like why this is offensive to people, right? Like we can have that conversation without like crying about the end of, uh, you know, humor and, and all that. Cause again, it wasn't like, it was just not like funny, right? It's just, it's sophomoric, but like, that's what, that's who tiger is, right? Like he's, if you read the tiger woods, Armin Katayan book, like the jokes that he always goes back to and has gone back to since he was a teenager, it's like teenage level humor. And, uh, I think people around him have laughed at everything he's done for the last 30 years and it's probably going to continue, but it was, it was too perfect. It was right there teed up of like, I can see how the next 36 hours are going to play out. Yeah. Can I, yeah. can I say in, and again, I'll preface shitty thing, not funny, all of those things. I, I'm, I'm well aware of that. It also struck me as like a dude who doesn't really like know how to be a normal guy, like trying to let his guard down and, and like be funny. Yeah which is like and like connect with somebody yeah like connect with jt you know? yeah which is like really weird and and kind of sad depending on how far you want to pull that thread out but it, it's uh it was an interesting i thought the uh, yeah the apology was like for me it was it was like a very much like a bill parcells like like no offense to anyone kind of <laughs> yeah. thing it's like all right well dude like you need to kind of own it a little bit and you know like everybody's gonna gonna move past it a little bit better if you just say like hey you know what i fucked up i'm sorry like instead of like you know what like i know i know what it looks like but i promise like if you knew what was in my heart it's not offensive it's like no that doesn't change <laughs> anything that doesn't dude. quite fly 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, and if also if I'm him, like I don't want people like rushing to Google to like search Tiger Woods tampon because again, that this is that this would be results the second instance that would be that would come up in the Google search now, and it's like people being reminded of the first instance of that, and like that's again, if you're somebody with this kind of history, I would have steered way, way, way clear of that. But um, that's yeah, that's that 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 is obviously not the case. So I feel like we're we're treating it with the proper regard of like we're an hour into the show we spent a few minutes talking about it i think we're pretty unequivocal of like hey it's just you know it was stupid unnecessary like clearly offensive to certain people and or to a wide swath to yeah. more than half of the population <laughs> that's no joke that's a big swath <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know and like you know offensive to people who who aren't even in that side of the population and just like not funny. So like, that's that. I don't think the woke mobs listen in an hour in TC. I think we're good. I do got to, uh, I, I got to tell you guys about this. The, the Rambler 18 ounce bottle of Yeti. <laughs> All right. This is the, the, your must have, your must have cold holding drinking vessel that should be immediately added to your bag. This tough bottle is double wall vacuum insulated to keep your water ice cold until the last sip. It's dishwasher safe for easy cleaning. Comes with the standard chug cap lid, the shatter resistant drinking spout that allows for easy pulls on the go. I use my Yeti every single day. I got a whole collection of them going in the kitchen. I got a whole uh, bone, boneyard set up at my desk here. I got I got the big one. I got the small one. I got I got, got the coffee one from this morning. Still, so. I, I got one of those sitting right here as well. And yeah. they're going to bring you a new segment uh, on a few shows this year. And it is the Yeti coldest moment of the week. Uh, we this we are going to play it very fast and loose with the use of cold. You may not even need to use the, uh, some kind of uh, representation of cold in there. But TC, I'm going to throw it to you. What was your Yeti uh, coldest moment of the week? Oh, you know what? I go back to, uh, I can't remember if it was 2019 or 2020. Our guy whose shirt was ripping apart at the seams. <laughs> the thirst bucket uh, CEO. Yeah, Mr. Del Rosso, the, the CEO of Genesis North America. Uh, I miss him. I missed him even more today when mm. the when C when when CBS was so cold <laughs> as to play the CEO interview that's mandated by the the you know corporate sponsorship title contract uh, during the tenth hole when these guys were playing the tenth hole, which everybody was talking about all week. All we wanted to watch is these guys play the tenth hole, and they're playing you know the like basically the entire thing is like a playing through. It was Max and Rom. It was like a Genesis CEO. It looked like the pivotal moment of the tournament. And it was, it was, uh, it was a rare, a rare miss from them because they've been on a good streak, but that was tough. Yeah. We'll get into Amsterdam. I didn't think it was CBS's best, best day today. I thought they really struggled today. DJ coldest moment of the week. Uh, I'm going to go back to throw some red meat to TC. Uh, you know, my, my friend Max is chasing down another win at, at his, his favorite tournament. Rom hits a horrendous shot on 17 uh, on Friday, bangs it off the grandstand, rolls up to four feet for an eagle and ends up winning the tournament by two. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough as a Max Homa fan. That's cold uh, for me to, to digest that one. I was not wild about watching that, but uh, you know, you just, when it's your week, it's your week. Got to tip, got to tip your cap, but uh, not a fan, not a fan of that moment. TC, anything else you want to close the loop on there? No, no, you're good. I, I, I think you covered it all. All right, thanks. Randy, what's thanks. your coldest moment of the week? Tolly, I um you 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 were in the cool you were in the freezer. You were in the Yeti cooler for 
this whole season. I had not won a bet, uh, but my coldest moment of the week was unlocking that Yeti cooler, pulling you out, and congratulating you on your first DraftKings correct pick of the uh, of the PGA Tour season. So well done, sir. That's unbelievable. Wasn't it like it was like sixty bets in a row that you've missed. We're we're going too long on this segment, DJ. I can't revisit <laughs> all this. Okay, this is this is taking way too long here. But that's almost impossible. You would think so, but uh, but we are going to move on from that. My coldest moment. <laughs> the PJ Tour is moving on. <laughs> the coldest moment of the week goes out to Ian Baker Finch. A cold call. I love this one. After Rom bangs a sixty footer in. On the 14th hole, he gave a shout-out to the popular golf podcast. He actually said the words no laying up, unlike our friend Trevor Immelman, uh, saying that's why they call him the buoy. Uh, he just doesn't go under. He doesn't sink. I forget what it was. But uh, it, it just goes to show how mainstream this nickname is. And we've known that for quite some time because so many people – you don't need to shout us out because everyone calls him that. Okay, I don't need that, that call out. But that was uh, my coldest moment of the week. Shout-out to uh, Ian Baker Finch for that one. I got some uh, Uber Eats the other day. Driver pulls up. First thing he wants to ask me about the buoy. Yeah, he's you know what's going on with this guy. The buoy everyone's talking about, and also the OWGR. He's saying DJ is the OWGR irrelevant. <laughs> is it valid? Yeah. Is it even valid? Can we, and I and said, the aces, let's talk about it. The aces too. Yeah. Right? TC, I'll give you 150 seconds to go as far down the leaderboard as you'd like, uh, but you got to use your time. Uh, you know that's the amount of time you're going to get. Okay. And All you got to right, say like, something. You got to say something about each guy. Yeah. That's like two and a half minutes. So I think I can do that. Uh, all right. Time in it. Keith Mitchell. Just a great tournament. He, great West Coast great swing West for, Coast. for uh, Keith, Keith Mitchell. Going back to to uh, Palm Beach, where I know he's comfortable. Uh, Will Zalatoris. Yeah, he is. Will Zalatoris, 64 today. He's coming. Good to see him. Healthy. Doing well. He's back. He's coming. Uh, Sahith drove it like dog shit this week. <laughs> Almost dead last in the field of the guys who made the cut uh, off the tee. And uh, I talked to Adam Long, a.k.a. the schlong. He called him Phil Mickelson 2.0. Uh, he said he's just he was getting up and down from everywhere. It was outrageous. Uh, this won't Marshall, go against your time. This won't go against your time. I'm pausing your time. But I will say, yeah, Sahith. Like a chess match. Yeah, it's adorable. I love like how much you downplay your driving. We got to get that figured out, buddy. We got we got to get that figured <laughs> out because you're going to win golf tournaments if you start to drive it well. You were fourth in strokes gate approach, third around the green, and uh, did not gain some shots putting this week. But yeah, 62nd in strokes gate uh, off the tee. We need to uh, we need to get that figured out. I, I'm, I'm done laughing about how bad you're driving it. Okay, let's go. Yeah. I need to it was really, really bad one, Randy. Randy. Me, Nelly, ZB, maybe Sahith. <laughs> exactly. Get him with that TSR1. Uh, uh, Morikawa, Kuchar, we can skip by them. J Jason Day, 65 today. Uh, I think he's he's officially back. Uh, Gary Woodland played some good golf this week. Uh, we talked to Svensson earlier. Uh, Seamus Power, we got to shout out the Irish. He finished T14. Nice 67-69 on the weekend. Lee Hodges. Got a lot of run after uh, rounds one and two, 67, 66, cooled off on the weekend. You're going to skip uh, my guy, Jenny McCarthy, like that with the eagle on <laughs> eagle on 10 <laughs> yesterday. Uh, yeah, McCarthy. very, very cool. Very cool. Uh, Justin Thomas, solid pause it. Do we need to talk about Justin Thomas at all? I, I've now learned 150 seconds is too much for this segment. But uh, uh, I mean, yeah, sure. What do you uh, what do you want to say? Yeah, I don't know. It's just I just want to see a little bit more consistency. I want to see a little bit more like, you know, put your nose in there, get in the mix. And that is kind of like what I'm referring to when I'm getting extremely hyped about Rom of like 
Yeah. JT had a good week last week, and then it's back down. And, you know, Rory kind of not really in the picture this past week or the week before. And Rom is on the other end of the spectrum on that, right? It's, it's watching him beat the best players in the world this consistently is what has amazed me more than it's like, do we, are we concerned about Justin Thomas, Thomas finishing T20? And then last thing I had was Big Tone and Tommy tying T20. Uh, I will seed the rest of my going down the leaderboard time. Uh, if I could bank that for a future yeah. year. Okay. Okay. I also, I do want to call out some guys, um, Tony Aguirre or Aguirre in, in the comments here saying, TC, can we please talk about the lack of creativity on the outfits today? It was the Navy top gray pants, Navy top khaki pants show today. I have to agree, Tony. It was pretty, it was like Solly dressed everybody else. So what was, was the issue? Pretty, I don't understand. <laughs> it was pretty boring. It was pretty, you know, like Keith Mitchell, he looked great all week because he's wearing the cashmere sweaters and he looked awesome in those off-white pants on Saturday. But everybody looked like dog shit today. It was crazy. It's kind of it's getting kind of hard to find anything that's not navy these days, I feel like. TC, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but it, it's there's a there's a definite navy over overload going on. I know that's not not new for for golf for the last 50 or so years, but uh yeah, it's hard hard to get hard to push it. Is navy the new black? It's possible. I think Many that's probably right. Saying, you know what? Like we're in LA. It's fashion town. You know, people should be should be trotting some stuff out. Colin maybe should have trotted out those olive, <laughs> olive, those pants. olive pants. No spoilers here today. No Netflix spoilers in this show. We're we're not going to spoil anything on this one. But uh, you want to do a little bit of uh, Amsterdam, please. Uh, CBS this week. Uh, general thoughts. I will say I'll start with this. Another great segment on the tenth hole. The CBS stroll. Don't love the name. That's fine. We'll move past it really quickly. Uh, Colin Morikawa playing the uh, 10th hole on Saturday. Perfect hole to do it. And I wanted to just shout out again why I think this thing keeps working is I think that you know the DP World Tour does like interviews in between holes on guys. And it was that was kind of an innovative thing. But it just seems extremely surface level to me of like, hey, how are you feeling? How's your game? And there's rarely a lot you can glean from that. But a, like a walk and talk with Trevor running the conversation of like, explain to me this about this hole having some time to be able to linger on it and spend on it, talking about the craft, talk, like watching Morikawa go through all of his options for the second shot he was going to play on that 10th hole and explaining what he was maybe going to be trying to do was one of the best ones yet. And look, is Morikawa, like we've commented on this, is he like the most outrageous off-course personality? And does he bring uh, a ton of flair to the game? Not necessarily, but Morikawa talking golf and golf specifics and commenting on the guys that are hitting up, hitting their shots up and saying like, oh, I want to see what he does from there. Like that kind of color is what moves a Saturday broadcast along. And I thought it was another knocked out of the park. And again, I've said this every time guys should be lining up to do this. It is great exposure for you. It's great for your PIP, great exposure for the sponsors on your shirt. It is just good entertainment. You're going to gain fans by it. I cannot say enough great things about it. And they should keep it going. I thought, I thought Saturday coverage was great. I thought Friday coverage on golf channel was awesome. Like Friday, after, like Friday, late afternoon, early evening, you know, some of that was the last few groups were already like the leaders um, with, with, you know, Rom out there, Max was out there. Like it was, it was awesome golf. There weren't that many commercials. They had a great rapport going between Byram and like with Kurt Byram, Colt, uh, Terry Gannon, you know, whole crew out there. I thought Sunday was very lacking though. I thought they lost kind of lost the plot early didn't didn't manage commercials very well i don't know if there's more commercials on sundays than there are on saturdays now feels that way I mentioned that earlier solidly you know like kind of a weird lack of pro tracer on some of the holes as well 
Uh, I thought the camera work was just all over the place. Um, Before you continue here, TC, let's check in on the Chubb Classic here. Uh, Bernhard Longer racking up another win uh, on that one. Yeah, just weirdly time breaks and stuff. I thought uh, thought today it did not did not flow great, and um, the, the Tiger interview stayed live for a really long time. I I'm not a uh, why are you showing this guy? He's 30 shots back guy at all, but can play some golf over it and you can also tape that interview and play the interesting parts of it and that they seem to have always struggled with that so still some ways to go listen we're gonna we're gonna stay on you it's not all uh we're not out of the woods the tour is not out of the woods on any of this we're gonna stay with a watchful eye on all the decisions they're making and cbs you're not out of the woods just yet randy i got a bone to pick yeah that 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 graphic that they're trotting out on the par threes oh, predictable where, yeah why why we don't need it it's we don't bad, want it man we, I would like to opt out of that. It would be much better served on par fours and par fives with drives, right? So you can get a general sense like, oh, God, it's going to – looks like it's going to miss the fairway. Like what kind of bounce is it going to take, right? But don't – one of the few suspenses, right? The ROM, was it 14 or 16? He made the birdie where he 16. loved it right off, right off impact, right? Like that's one of the most suspenseful moments where we hear him say – Oh, be right or be good. And our computer is telling us that it is. <laughs> exactly. Like, just don't. We need yeah, the eye test. Let exactly. the ball land. Let us see where it ends up. I, I hate it. I hate it. I, I Props for trying something new and, and trying, you know, rolling out new stuff. But we don't need it on par threes, especially. I love your idea of getting it on the tee shots. That's I think yeah. that's brilliant. The yardage uh, book thing that they flash up there, the front and the pin and the back of the green, that is great. And like they had the Very strokes. Valuable. Yeah. They had the scoring average from different spots on number 10 when guys were playing that hole, the Aon risk reward hole. Way in on that. It's just, I agree that I, I, I saw Aaron Fleener or somebody was tweeting about like having to put a piece of paper up on their screen to like not spoil <laughs> the results. Like, I don't think that's the experience the viewers are, are looking like for. Point, yeah. People are aim pointing their TV to like cover it. <laughs> Like, come on guys i also got to say something about i thought it, it was such a good you want to talk about growing the game hashtag Please. growing oh, the game that's all we want to talk about tc exactly yes. it's hot in the streets right now right so a bunch of people get probably get espn plus this week uh because they want to watch pga tour live because they had featured coverage of tiger because you know what tiger doesn't really play anymore and Tiger doesn't play in PGA Tour events anymore. He just plays in the majors for the most part. So this is one of the only times, probably for the rest of his career, that you're going to get Tiger on PGA Tour Live. So I'm sure they got some new subscriptions. And they trotted out. They like It's like they did not think one time about who to put on the broadcast call for that. And I just, I don't know. I just thought it was such a poor, the, the production was poor. The it was and like I watch a lot of PGA Tour live and I listen to a lot of PGA Tour radio. PGA Tour radio is awesome. Like they they do such a good job on there. PGA Tour live, it's tougher to produce that, right? It's tougher to to you know you got a skeleton crew, you got a you got all the little handheld mics and all that. I get it, but I just I thought it was such a ham fisted uh, production this week. I thought I thought Christina Kim, she just I just can't do it, man. I just I can't do it like at all and. She's, you know, she's quote tweeted me in the past on like when I've, when I've, when I've criticized it. And it's like, I'm just trying to be objective here. Like I'm not being a bully. I'm not being a sexist. I'm not being anything. I just like, it's just not good. And like Michael Collins suggested that Tiger putted it into the bunker on, on six on purpose to set up his third shot. And I thought like, I thought he was joking. 
But he wasn't. He was serious. Like, that was the kind of shit we were getting the whole time. It was crazy. But Tiger also might say that. Like, that is a thing that Tiger might say in the press conference afterwards. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh I was, that was a great miss. I was, I was a totally that's fine what, place uh, miss there. Oh, that's what Gene Littler used to do. Like, <laughs> Back, the old, back at the old LA Open. <laughs> I watched a lot of guys do that when I was a kid. I thought, oh, better chance to make three from there. <laughs> Listen, I'll balance the scales a little bit. And uh, I will, I'll say that with the West Coast swing, the CBS has, has built up a lot of equity with me. I, I didn't notice these things as much because I was generally just psyched to, psyched to be there. And, you know, a, a lot of that was, uh, a lot of that was just raising the floor the past couple of weeks. So, and you know, do I want to see any backsliding TC? No, I don't. Absolutely not. But you know, on the whole, I think West Coast swing compared to where we've been in the past. If we're grading oh. on a grading on a curve, I'm giving them an A. Awesome. Uh, yeah. But you know, so was this may, maybe an A minus? Maybe the cum was brought down to an A minus today, which I, I still think is is a success. I'm kind of fascinated, honestly. The the I don't have a ton of. Uh, I'm not really geeked for the the Honda Classic next week, but. I am interested to see like how different the TV product looks. NBC's got to be kind of sitting back, being like, "Fuck, man, why is everybody? I th- everybody's supposed to be ripping these guys. Like now, Bonus now they're gonna be ripping on. us." Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious, curious if they have any <laughs> any new features uh, to roll out. If they're if they're rolling out a, a little software update this week, or uh, if it's just gonna be the same old like, you know, sorry, man, Peacock lost nine hundred million dollars, so golf's uh, golf's gonna have to tighten the belt a little bit, uh, like it's been well, the last I mean- year or so. Or they could just bring back some features that they took sure. away from us sure. from last year. Like just get us, just get us back to level set here. Right. And also, like, like I'm not. I thought CBS. I would give them, like, grade wise, I would give them an A minus for like the West Coast swing. I thought they were fantastic. They've done an awesome job. Like, raise their game. Sellers shy in the crew. Like, hats off to you. Uh, mo- like most of my criticism this week was just around like everybody's trying to watch feature groups of tiger woods on thursday friday and and really today and like like i had to watch on fucking mute it was that bad and like just or just give me the option to like to to do it with like ambient noise like i just want to hear the players and the caddies and like i don't need any commentators i'm just watching it on a second screen there was uh i thought they did a great job with tiger on the other side of the golf course and not losing track of the of the golf tournament i thought that was just a great mix like saturday really worked in that regard and it the golf course felt full on both sides which i was actually a little worried about like tiger taking people away uh from the exciting part of of the golf tournament but that was that was definitely not the case so hey we didn't talk speed at all well i would say overall on cbs and and like the things that i think we probably have issues with are still like at the top level like the level that gets it starts way before tournament week starts, right? Like it's not on the guys in the truck that are currently pressing the buttons to like be able to avoid the CEO interview and the amount of commercials and all that stuff is decided by the bean counters and, and it's the like structural and stuff. all that stuff. But yeah, speed, you want to talk, uh, you want to talk speed? Well, yeah. talk about your boy. I think we're, I I think we're like, good. I think, I don't know I, if we need to linger on I this. I feel like, I feel like we just got to acknowledge, like, are we concerned? Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to tell <laughs> yeah, you guys. Fucking far from okay. TC. <laughs> Who who is not concerned right now? I mean, the putting uh, is an issue. Yeah, let's just get him off Poana and let's see how we do on Bermuda. Uh, TC, we were 88th in strokes gained putting this week. Uh, and we beat through two 50 rounds. guys, 40 uh, guys. Actually, I'm sorry. He was 114th in round one, 88th in round two. 
So whatever that adds up to. So we beat but, uh, 30, 30 guys. Yeah, he lost about three strokes on the on the greens. Got to think, you know, you get those back, we make the cut. But uh, it, it's not it's not good. Kind of a West Coast swing to uh, forget other than a little, you know, a little gas leaving the body at Phoenix. Guys, I just want to make it clear. This was not a short term like thing we're looking at here. If you go again, you can go to Data Golf. And you can <laughs> yeah, look again, at, we don't have to linger on it. It's okay. Oh, you're it's okay. Yeah. No, you can no, look no, at no. his putting strokes gained and you can see like from 2014 oh. to 2018, he was positive like all the time. Had a bad dip in 2018, really putted well in 20. And but basically has been an average to below average putter since about uh, the Valero last year. That's not that's not a short period of time, I would not say. So is it a concern? Yes, it's a concern. He had great chances. He's had great chances in majors that have, have he's lost because of putting performances as well. So it it's just a long time to go through all that to not have really to be like still grinding after rounds on four footers on the putting green. I don't think that's a good sign. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if he needs to try a mallet or something like that. Some do the stranger do something in TC's playbook, but it's I don't feel good watching him hit putts currently, and I don't know how you could. <laughs> we got the flight trackers out. Spieth is going to Jacks to work with TC. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have a couple different putters. You know, he's he's bringing three or four putters out out there with him to the players. You know. He's got, the he's, got a, he's got a front nine putter and a back nine putter. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's driving the shit out of the ball, too. Yeah. Like, that's the frustrating part. It's I like he's got, the, he's got the stuff that he was doing not good for so long, doing well now, and now he now he can't putt. Do you think it's a case of, you know, there's, there's only 24 hours in the day, and when you're trying to get your feels back with your full swing, you just aren't practicing putting as much? Or And, and then it kind of just snowballs into, like, putting is so mental anyways that you know when you're both like not practicing it as I, i'm can you know it's conjecture i don't know how much he's practicing and how much he's not but if if it is something that gets less attention and then it also becomes like a mental thing that seems like a tough snowball to kind of stop rolling i i would doubt that it's not getting enough attention i think like he I, I think it's just the the hard. I more just mean I guess like over the past like rolling yeah. two year window here, as he's like Maybe. the swing was was really bad yeah. for quite a while, and he's clearly like put a lot of work into fixing that. And I wonder if it's just got bumped down the the triage list. There's just a huge, huge, huge gap between like going to the golf course like ready to take on the world, like John Rom probably feels when he gets there. And going to the golf course with, I have this problem going on, right? Like you God, go, I hope I don't have any three footers today. Right. Like, like <laughs> I, I, there's just, that's a wide, wide, wide gap. And that's what has me concerned. I mean, I know he top 10 at Phoenix last week, but uh, again, the putting was not very good then. And I don't know, I'm, I'm maybe getting them, getting them on Bermuda. That, that could be great. Who could, you know, we'll see, but, uh, but all we okay. need is putter to heat up and he's going to win. Hope so. That's the craziest part, right? Anything else um, from Riviera? Sally, one question for you. Rom has one major, correct? That is correct. U.S. Open. Well, caught me in a sip of Heinz. Confirmed. It's the uh, only one we know of. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, of course, it was at a PGA Tour golf course, Brady. That would have been again. Oh, I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm automating these these uh, these answers for you. He's 28 years old. How many majors do you think John Rom wins? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. five at the end of this year, of course. Right. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. He might win the players and the Grand Slam this year. I have to think on that, TC. No, that's no fun. Just throw something out. I, I want to say five. <laughs> yeah, I think Rom wins five majors if I'm if I'm looking at it right now. All right. Who ends up with more majors, Rom or Colin Morikawa? 
Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say Rom. I am going to say Rom as well. I think Colin ends up with three, and I think Rom ends up with four. So Colin's only going to win one more major for the rest of his career. It's fucking hard to win majors. For the rest of know. eternity, really. That's we true. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Unless some sort of technology. Dude, so he's giving out like candy could, on here. Could Ted Williams. Yeah. Though. How many majors do you Morikawa at now, TC? I mean, sorry. I've, I've given out I've given out thousands of majors <laughs> at this point. It's like social security. Like we we have <laughs> our future debts. Stop playing majors. <laughs> we're putting we're, we're gonna have to start putting majors into a lot of TC has underfunded. It's like an underfunded pension account. I have it set. I have it set in my calendar for July 19th, 2026. Uh, says a scheduled event for 4 p.m. that day, which I think that'll be the Open Championship. Uh, revisit TC predicting Morikawa wins eight majors. I have that set for my calendar for 2026. I just want to... He's 25% of the way there, man. He was that. He was 25% of the way there when you made that prediction. It's a I lot, TC. I hate it's a lot. I, <laughs> Tom Watson. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like, if they're count, like, who knows? Maybe in two years, they're counting the players as a major. You know, Evian. You look, you look what happened with Evian, Randy. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, that was that's a good reach. I think, um, Randy, what what do you got for for Colin or for John or for? Oh. I kind of want to hear them both. Both. <laughs> Randy hates both of them. Exactly. No, I like Randy's Colin. Say, oh, that's right. I'd like Colin. I, I think I was very bullish on Colin as well, TC. I, I think I was up there with you. I I, I was going to say maybe five for Colin. Four. I think four. I think more than three, right? Three and I feels think disrespectful. Rom, Listen, yeah. guys, I, I, I'm i with you. I, I want to predict them all out. I'm just I'm calling them like we see them here. It's, these runs don't last forever. Guys' careers are shorter no, they than don't. ever. But it's like, who's going to win these majors? You know, somebody's got to win them. The kids, all these kids on TikTok are going to start DJ's, winning them. DJ's a, DJ's a fiscal conservative. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Balanced budget. That's right. I'll say this. All these, teens, these teens we don't even know about yet. All these Bryson's buddies are hammering balls in his, in his living room. They're going to come Society's out Society's aging. Exactly. I'll say, Sully, did you say five for Rom? Yes. I like that. Didn't Sevy win five? I, I feel like that's a that'll be a very meaningful uh, milestone for Rom. It is amazing how fast it can go from like, you know, I would say the speed spectrum of when he had three, it was like eight might be the number for speed. And now that it, you know, a couple of years go by and it's like, is three the number? Like, is he ever going to win another one? And it, it's just if Morikawa goes two more years without winning another one, does that become a does Morikawa win another major? It's just so easy to pace him out and. Like, like one dude ever like won them on a normal pace, and that was the cat. You know who's a freak? Dustin Johnson. Yeah, too. Right? Like, a guy who is just like, I'm going to have chances for, like, 12 to 15 years. Like, who else is like that? Like, Justin Rose, maybe? Just, Dustin I, might not be like, done winning them. No, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying, like, th those guys have been, like, like world-class players for, like, a decade and a half. And they have what three majors between them? Yeah. Like it's fucking hard, man. It just doesn't. Who else is even in that category? That's like going to be that guy forever. I mean, Rory obviously, but Rory has four. I, mean, I don't you know. know. You know, DJ is going to start winning winning that major that Liv's going to be doing in Augusta. 
That's when true. They, that's they, true. They build the new course. I, I'm told Cam is going to win at least three this year. Yeah. He's he's the best player in the world. From what about we have the TGL to majors too? Like when they start playing, <laughs> when they start playing on St Andrews or Augusta on the on the simulator. Great comment here. From, great comment here from Corbin. So to get to five, Rom has to win ten percent of the next ten years majors. That's that's a lot. Ten percent. It's a lot. So we'll see. Can't wait to watch. Listen, I would love to say nine. I'd love to say he's going to get to thirteen. I just. It, doesn't happen guys and he's got ludwig coming too exactly and the hogarth you guys when 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 tiger comes back a lot of people were wanting to read a list of guys tiger beat this week and we're, we're not gonna do that no it's classless but but tiger coming back and making the cut and you know being whatever he was top 35 or top 40 does it say more about his greatness or does it really put a, a fine point on like how I don't want to say not great. It, it, it just, <laughs> it just makes it tougher for me to like, not think most of these guys these days, like, yeah, you guys are all pretty good, but you know, you're not like that good. I can barely walk. I know. I, I just get torn he's between out, like he's out there beating you at your thing. You're working on every day. <laughs> Yeah, supposedly. Aren't you guys trying to like do well? <laughs> this guy doesn't play for 800 days in a PGA Tour event. It, it's just, just I don't know how to beat the shit out of this. Yeah, it's not a good look. I guess that's what it comes down to. Or maybe it just speaks to his greatness. It's a little of both, but it always disappoints me when he plays. And, and it's like, man, look at how many like supposedly like really good players he beat. I will say, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you halfway on this, Randy. It is a testament to the greatness of like that dude going out there and at age 47 with one and a half legs. He's got half as many legs as Greg Norman has. And he's still out there like beating dudes and hitting sexy shots and, you know, showing flashes here and there. Yet at the same time, there is such an enormous difference between shooting one under over four days and shooting 17 under over four days like that. The gap, like he's not close to winning one of these. Right. And he's the one outlier and the one dude that despite just an array of self-inflicted harm of all kinds over an entire career can come out at age 47 and just like dial up some stuff on a course that he has not necessarily had a lot of success on either. It's, it's, it's still remarkable to me. That's kind of the underrated part about tiger is like, it's not like Riv's someplace where he's won a bunch. Like, I don't think he's won at Riv. Has no, he, he has ever? not. No. Yeah, he's never won there. I think the one thing that I want to see is, like, I do think the one tournament that's the great equalizer for him is is the Open Championship. And, like, you look at what he did at Hoylake when he won there, of, like, not hitting driver for the whole week, and there's puffs of dust coming up after he hits every shot. Like, I want to see that again. I think, I truly think Tiger could compete in a tournament like that and with a legitimate chance to win. The other point on Tiger is we've talked a lot about how Tiger, like the, 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 the advancement of technology helped everybody else catch up to Tiger a little bit, where I feel like now Tiger's actually taking advantage of that mm. and it's helping him catch back up to everyone else. It's interesting. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. That's interesting. God, he was nuking the ball this that, week. That ball speed is... Uh, they use the word impressive to describe his ball speed. I, I would say it's not impressive to me. It is, like, genuinely puzzling. <laughs> and, like, concerning. Like, I don't understand how he's able to... Gen like, yeah, it comes up all from the core and upper body strength. I was like, I don't know. I still don't know what that means. Like, how how is he doing this without any... Without half of a, a right leg? 
the the fact that solid we were standing there in hawaii watching jt try to hit it as hard as he possibly could right watching that swing jt's like up on his feet jumping off the ball like thrusting like all his body weight at the golf ball tiger whose legs don't work is got him by five six miles an hour like it's fucking unbelievable man it's unbelievable and i don't know if that's him just like hitting it out of the center more or or what but it's just it's mind-blowing to me that he's hitting the ball that hard it, it did so like if i look at the the 13th hole this week he hit 180 180 175 170 uh were the ball speed so it was a there is a, a deterioration as the week went on like i think that is again that's more explained i understand that more than i do him touching you know 179 180 180 uh on the 15th hole and then hit 166 today like it was a noticeable dip uh in the ball speed today so um, but still outrageous on this note uh, as far as i guess not really around the genesis but john paramore passed away uh this week at the age of uh 67 if you saw black ribbons that were on uh, a lot of guys hats a long time european tour rules official and uh there were several several mentions of that as well on the on the telecast but uh that i did i was unaware of uh, uh of this leading up to it so that was a, a tough one to hear you, you may remember him from from such events as whistling straights dustin johnson in the bunker uh just always there he had a, such a run there for like five six years of of just kind of being right at the middle of a lot of these things and uh i think you know we've made a lot of jokes about it at at the time almost like a joey crawford type of figure but looking back on it now it's like man that is kind of the one guy that like didn't seem like he got completely pushed over by the players tc i know this is kind of your your block but uh kind of kind of in the it had to be in the pantheon for you oh like i was legitimately upset when i saw that this week kind of gone too soon um his son's in a nice nice note over um I don't know just really like just to like i guess going back to him coming up through the european tour like it seemed like he he called sevi on some of his bullshit back in the day didn't let sevi get away with a bunch of stuff um i remember we were at the dunhill i was with the, at the dunhill with zach a few years ago and he rolls up and he's like and zach's just like hitting hitting you know six seven eight chips from like in front of the road hole bunker and then same thing on 18 and paramore rolls up and he's like are you aware of our practice policy <laughs> and I, we were dying man it was great he uh just yeah just no bullshit, total professional um but also seemed like he had a really really good way with people and you know hearing rory and tiger and uh tyrell hatton you know all sorts of like different guys from different parts of the world talk about their experiences with them either through the WGCs or the open championship or going over to Wentworth or wherever. I don't know. He just seemed like he was, he was a, uh, seminal figure in the game and, and not larger than life because like, like the game was bigger than him. Yep. It seemed like, so just a, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family gone too soon. Uh, Randy, I'm going to have you take us, uh, to not, not necessarily the center of the golf universe. Cause we all know that to be Tulsa, Oklahoma after watching uh, full swing. That's the only spoiler I'm going to give on this episode, but the second center <laughs> of the golf universe, King Abdullah economic city, um, for the, uh, Saudi ladies international. What can you tell us? Lydia Ko, I think is on a run that, that mirrors John Rom. This is her third 
win worldwide in her last four starts, uh, picking up right where she left off to finish the 2022 LPGA calendar. So the Saudi Ladies International is a ladies European tour event, an LET event, uh, but it does attract a, a really a, a superstar, star-studded field, uh, $5 million purse this week, which matched the men's purse from their February tournament. So you had Lydia Ko winning by one shot over Aditi Ashuk. Aditi is playing unbelievable golf right now. She has, she won her first LET start of the year, the Magical Kenya Open. She finished third in Morocco, the second the, event of the year. The ladies' Magical Kenya Open. The ladies, yes, and, and now has a runner-up in Saudi. Just to kind of put a point on the, the purse this week in Saudi Arabia, so she collected 420000 for her runner-up finish. That's more than she's won in any full season on the LPGA or the LET. In fact, her combined career earnings were about a million and a half dollars. So she made just under a third of that in over four days, which you know f- puts a fine point on just how um, important or not normal this purse is in the women's game. Uh, so whatever you want to think of Saudi Arabia and the women playing there, uh, you can't deny that it's, you know, th- them putting the purse on an equal footing as the men is a really like important thing and something that the golf world, the wo- the world over is, is striving for. Um, I guess just briefly going down the leaderboard, Lilia Vu and Lexi Thompson, a couple of Americans finished tied for third. Tough final hole for Lilia. She bogeyed the par 5 18th. Um, obviously, a birdie there would have would have put her in a playoff with Lydia. But I, I think Lilia Vu is an interesting one. So she went from – she finished to 2021 as uh, the 243rd ranked player in the world. At the end of 2022, she was up to 43rd in the world. And from – you know, from this result looks to, she might just keep climbing this year. So she's a former world number one amateur player, very decorated um, collegiate player at UCLA and appears to to finally be putting it together after, you know, being pro for, I, I think like three years now, three or four years. So next week, Solly and, and the listening audience, I can say the LPGA calendar picks back up. It's their second event of the year. They're going to be over in Thailand for the Thailand Classic. Nine of the top 10 in the world are expected to tee it up, which is cool. Um, and then Thursday, we have uh, a, a LPGA-oriented, no-laying-up podcast dropping. It's going to be Cody, Tron, and myself. We're going to dig much more into the Saudi tournament, talk about you know why it just puts women in a really tough place when <laughs> deciding whether to play it or not. Uh, so be sure to check that out Thursday. But yeah, it was... Um, was a good event over in Saudi Arabia. Actually, my one complaint, I tried to tape it to to watch it um, because it's kind of going on overnight. And I thought Golf Channel was airing it, and I taped it Thursday and Friday, and it just ended up being the Asian Tour uh, International Series Qatari. So I'm not sure if you just had to watch it via the website or what. So unfortunately, I didn't actually get to see any of it, which was a bummer. But Just breathtaking views of the Red Sea. Say <laughs> lovey. Randy, I think it's on the CW app. <laughs> perfect perfect i think it sucks either way. i mean it sucks you know saudi international sucks with the men i don't feel any differently with the women like i know they're yeah. putting up 
it's a tough, I think it's a tougher decision probably for the women because it's all relative uh, as far as purse sizes and, and, you know, the percentage of available purse funds, you know, available to you versus, you know, but, but it's just, man, it sucks, you know? Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to kind of shit on the guys who go play because you also can go play the FedEx cup and you also can go play the majors and you also can go like, it's, it's not that heroic of a stand to just like, just man, this is a pretty easy one to skip. Like yeah. just, just, just skip well, and this like, one. You're in the middle of your season already. Where right. Like, like, the, like the best tournaments on the schedule are on the West coast. Whereas with the ladies, like there's no, there's no fucking LPGA events for the first two to three months of the season. Yeah. You know? And what you just said about Aditi Ashok too, like you can <laughs> play well this week and you can make more than you've ever made in any season before in one week. It's kind of like, fuck, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough one. But hey, Randy, that's why tough decisions are tough, my man. I also that's am, am exactly kind of right. on that, kind of on that block as well. To, um, I don't know, easier, easier said than done for me, I guess. Yeah, weirdly for me, it's way harder to talk about the this on the women's side because it's not as very clear to me in terms of it, it doesn't seem as greed based as the men's side does, right? Like that's a big driver for me is like. Oh, like oh, you're 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 giving up on the whatever purse at the AT and T to go play the Saudi International and go while these guys are suing the PGA Tour and like disrupting all of men's golf. Yeah, that's pretty easy for me to like be against that. Whereas like on the women's side, it's harder to like come to terms with. And again, I just don't feel like that well versed in. I'm, I'm excited to hear you guys discuss it on the pod this week because I don't think we can really fully um, fully tackle the topic uh, tonight uh, with the time we have. But I'm I, we will dedicate. The, the proper amount of time to it and uh, the proper framing of it, I believe, this weekend or this no, next putting, week on Thursday. We're, we're putting our best, best man, man on it. it. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Tjorbjorn Olsen won the DP World Tour Thailand by four shots. I didn't get to catch any of that. TC, do you have anything to add there? He did, Solly. He won by four. Uh, <laughs> 67, 67, 64, 66 over Yannick Paul. Finished at minus 20. And uh, my. My uncle Yost was at uh, T T three minus eighteen. Uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, Nikolai Hoygaard, Antoine Rosner, things of that nature. I mean, uh, hard to all. hard to look at this week and not just be shaking your boots, Ryder Cup wise. Yeah, you know, we did lose lose probably our one of our most promising guys with uh, Thomas Peters. Uh, Should we talk live, about that but, now? But listen, TC, we lost Brendan Steele too. So I think those. <laughs> yeah, Brendan Steele and. and you know, I, I've got a call set up with Sammy Valamaki this week as well. The, 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 the finish star. Sammy, so. what's your what's your dedication to this team? We're next man. Gotta, we're next man up mentality here at Team Europe. Are you in? or Are you out? Also, I just got to say, I've I've unsubscribed like seven or eight times from the international series, the 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 Asian Tour international series press releases put out by Performance Fifty Four. They keep putting me on this list. I got four emails alone just about Takumi Kanaya, uh, him winning uh, in Oman last week. And it was unbelievable. And I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of shit tomorrow about Andy Ogletree uh, just absolutely putting a beating on the field this week. I'd be the best player in the world. He's beating up the Asian Tour qualifying series or whatever it's called. Can we before if you have any more unsubscribing stuff we can we can maybe save that for later but we can <laughs> probably talk about Thomas Peters to live because that seemed like kind of a big story the, from this past week so 
Uh, yeah, 34th ranked player in the world is headed to live. Uh, that is official. And uh, is this a is this a big win for Liv? DJ, what do you think? Is this a big win for Liv? Uh, I think he's a very, very talented player with a lot of promise who's already done some big Ryder Cup stuff, had potentially had a, a big Ryder Cup future ahead of him. Uh, I, I don't think it's like a big win. I don't know who's tu- tuning in to specifically watch Thomas Peters. I think it, it kind of helps the you know, the, uh, the grade point average go up a little bit, right? Like it just kind of makes the, the general pool of players just a little bit better, but I I don't know that it's, you know, you can convince me like people are tuning in to watch Cam Smith play golf. They're tuning in to watch Phil or Dustin Johnson or Bryson or Patrick Reed or some of those guys. I I don't know how many people, uh, outside of my beloved Champaign-Urbana metro area are tuning in to watch Thomas Peters, but that's just kind of a, Big loss for the DP World Tour, though. For right? sure. Yeah. Is it a loss for the DP World Tour yet, though? Because they can, that's where it's kind of the point's been made of like, sure. you can still play in DP World Tour events now. I mean, I, I don't know when that's exactly going to be settled. I thought that was supposed to be sometime in February, but it's supposed to be soon uh, when that, when that uh, European Tour uh, trial takes place and the determination will be made whether or not guys can still kind of sue their way into events. But if you're a DP World Tour player, you can do both. You can double dip. And I think, if anything, it kind of speaks to the reason why the PGA Tour has banned guys is to prevent guys from double dipping and completely watering down their product um, because now there's just the, the, the precedent's been set where guys can go play and live and play what DP World Tour events they want to anyways. And it's not an either-or decision, and that's probably what seems to be a factor for Peters, I would have to think. Do we know, are, are we fully locked up as far as Ryder Cup like bans? Do we know that yet, no. or is that still up in the air? I mean, still up in the air. Rom said on the podcast, he's like, "I the, the decision's already been made that they're not going to be playing yeah. in the Ryder Cup." Yeah. So, okay. Um, I mean, I would say with Peters, like, I don't know, it kind of makes the strategic alliance seem pretty fucking stupid when the number thirty-three player in the world can't get into the like the Genesis this week, right? Like that. That's shitty. I thought there was a top 50 exemption to get into it. Um, I guess there's not, and I guess there is maybe supposed to be next year when, when the, you know, when they have the designated events or whatever that, that may be. But uh, yeah, that was surprising that he could not get into it. I also think it would be very convenient for uh, it to be, Oh, he didn't get in the Genesis. So he had to go to live uh, crowd, which I heard. I saw a lot of that this week was like, yeah, this probably more than one event like tied into this i would have to think so but i'd be uh, shocked if he made his decision on you know like last friday yeah (laughs) but apparently it did happen rather quickly um so i i don't know uh it's it's a peculiar one it's um he kind of just goes into the coke rack abe answer uh kevin naw mold of like yeah these guys are solid players like above average players that you know are not probably on the up rising like they're they're very competitive players they make up a part of a good solid core of competitive players that aren't like moving the needle a lot and are not going to be huge losses i don't i just don't think but um kind of shore up a lot of the punchline around live of you know it's guys we've never heard of before playing in it and the more you get those guys like it's it raises their floor from very, very low to like just like maybe very low. I don't know. It doesn't change a whole lot, I don't think, sadly, other than further dilute the product that we've kind of already been concerned about getting diluted. I would put him like above. He's like firmly between like a Cam Tringale and and below like a Coke rack 
I would say right. But I, but I had kind of a comp he, he, of like a like Uline a little bit as far as like coming out of college, like absolute world beaters. You know, Uline I, I, didn't have the same success, obviously not even close in the professional game, but kind of had like promise, 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 and it just like never quite roller coaster never quite like got over the other side, right? And it just kind of looks at like a couple guys who are like finally just like man, fuck this, I'm, I'm just gonna yeah. take the money. Taylor Gooch might be the best comp. As far as yeah, talent, yeah. like, and if you look at data golf, the four, he's the 43rd ranked player in the world. Peters, Tom Hoagie's 44th, Gooch 45th, Wyndham Clark 46th, uh, Tommy Fleetwood 42nd. Um, that would, which I think Fleetwood I think would Fleet- be a way bigger loss, um, than I, Peters. I think Fleetwood and Peters are both kind of on the same trajectory of like, they seem to both be trending upwards. Peters, Peters had a weird career, yeah. right? Like he's won some, he's won some big dick events, but he's also like, <laughs> You know, kind of fallen off. He's been a great Ryder Cup player, but you know, it's 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 weird. It's it's such a has he? <laughs> he has. He I swear to God, he has. He he won Abu Dhabi in like 2021. Come on, man. Did he? He won Abu Dhabi yeah, in 2022. All right. 2022. He, he's won the Masters in Portugal <laughs> in 2021. And the, the Masters Czech Masters in- twice. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. In the Czech Republic, he won the in Denmark, and he won the KLM Open, man. Come on. All right, I take it back, TC. Thank you. Brendan Steele, uh, I guess this was reported on ESPN. No one really picked it up after this went up on ESPN.com. I haven't seen it anywhere else, but Brendan Steele and Danny Lee allegedly uh, going to to live, which uh, I think Danny Lee was listed in the field for Honda this week, and I have not... Uh, I don't know. Don't know if that one's true, but I, I can almost say definitively, Brendan Steele is is going, and will be joining the High Flyers with his buddy Phil Mickelson. But hopefully, he takes Keegan with him. If we could only with don't pick that one up, tracker accounts. We don't have any any evidence on that one. But uh, that one's that one says to me like, okay, that that's a problem for Liv. Like if you're reaching down for Brendan Steele now, then you've kind of given up on anything that's going to even come close to moving the needle. Uh, not quite like laugh out loud funny yet, which I was kind of really hoping for. I can't really laugh at that one other than to just be completely and utterly indifferent. And it means next to nothing to the world of golf in general. That one's pretty laughable. I mean, James it, Hahn would it, be like, so funny, though. It would be so hilarious if it happens. And like knowing that knowing that Phil was saving, like Phil's been searching for somebody to round out his team for the last however long. And. It ends up being Brendan Steele. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And then also news this week, the PGA Tour uh, can depose Saudi Wealth Fund's leader. A judge has ruled that uh, a federal magistrate judge has ruled that the leader of Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund, uh, which is bankrolled the new Live Golf Series, must sit for a deposition by lawyers for the PGA Tour who sought his testimony as part of the tangle of litigation involving the sport splitting circuit. The decision could reveal details of the wealth fund's operation and the power of its governor Yasser El-Rumayan over its investments abroad. So basically kind of bringing, as I understand it, bringing a whole lot of shit into play that could make its way into court transcripts that is well, well, well outside the world of golf that from my understanding also would not necessarily be in Saudi Arabia's uh, or some of the other players in this game in their best interest to have that uh, out there in the public eye. So uh, I believe my understanding, again, not a lawyer, was that this will be appealed to death. And uh, if he, before he ever gets deposed, this lawsuit will be dropped, is kind of what I was going to say. Like, there's no downside other than losing the the case for them. It's not like he's actually going to agree to a deposition. Right. What's the, you know, like, what's to compel him to do that? 
he's not a U.S. citizen. He doesn't have to come to the United States for anything. It's right. I but isn't isn't that what the ruling is basically? Like, no, if you were going to be doing business here, like you are, you are not protected you by sovereign immunity. Place. Yeah, you yeah. you cannot. You do, no, I know, you but I'm just saying, like, when it comes down to it, he's oh, right. just he's just not going to be deposed. He's just going to drop just it. Not going to agree to it. Yeah. They're just going to drop the drop yeah. the thing. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so. Uh, TC, we also got to give a shout out to your, your boy, Mean Dean Burmeester. Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot. Well. I legit forgot about that this week. That's on me. Which, I didn't yeah, we got we got Burmeester going. We got everything. Um, <laughs> that's we funny. Got Sebastian Munoz going. Uh, we got oh, Matt and, Wolf yeah. leaving. I can't remember who he's leaving, but he's going to smash <laughs> GC. Uh, and the Majestics, they have three captains. If How do you have three captains? If you have three captains, do you have one? I, I really laughed pretty hard at uh, Andy Johnson doing a breakdown of that earlier this week and, and saying that basically now that the captains are kind of responsible for managing all the costs, all, all those three captains seem to have had some money issues uh, in the in the past. Maybe they maybe they want to spread it around a little bit. Uh, horrible news, TC. I did the uh, I did the the favorite team picker on the Live website. Yeah. Where you answer a, a detailed questionnaire and it, it lets you know who your favorite team is. And uh, unfortunately, I'm a majestic supporter. So oh, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I don't I hate our team. I hate the Majestics. I hate the White Sox. I hate where I hate where everything's going right now. So 2023 could be a long year for me, but we'll see. I got smash. <laughs> that, I think that tracks. You're uh, big work well, hard, a, play hard guy. I'm a cleeks <laughs> and, a, and a ripper guy. <laughs> I got the high the flyer. You did? That's a no-brainer, though. Where yeah. I haven't done it. What yet, animal? Right? What did you pick for the animal? Uh, I think I picked the dolphin. Maybe? I think that's what I picked too. Really? There's what eagle, dolphin? Yeah, there was a bear, bear. wolf. Are you? Con- all you got to get involved. Are you concerned with how much data they're mining off of this information you gave them? Like, I would, I would not be. <laughs> signing if they can put a case, get- if they can put a case file uh, on me based on what which kind of sandwich I would pick after my round of golf, I, I, I would encourage them to go for it. That was a tough question. <laughs> yeah, that, that club what, looked so good. It did. And what kind chicken. of, sh- what kind yeah. of shot revved your engine? What'd you pick? The, oh, the, the up and big down drive. The no, 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 no. The up and the up and down. That's what I I put like yeah was that like the recovery or something yeah yeah maybe that's I'll why put, I was so I was so confused by it because like smash you would think like would be like the smash drive and I think I said like a big putt and mm. nothing Brooks great putter or, or, or a or a stuffed wedge shot I can't remember you guys are gonna be downloading the CW app to be tuning in this Friday the first live event of the year is this week at Mayakoba stoked. I think I- no, I'll probably sit that one out, I think. No. Let me know, though. Keep me posted. This one's going to be a tough one for the Live Boys uh, to really sell to us. Like a, a mediocre PGA Tour event is now, PGA Tour venue is now the location of one of these. Like to really try even hype that uh, with a less than a PGA Tour field uh, is going to be very, it's going to be very fun to watch that. I get it when it was something that was different, different venues and all this stuff was uh, something new, but this one's going to be. I just don't know how you how you uh, can can build this one as a as a huge win, but that and the Greenbrier are gonna be they're gonna be tough sells in that regard. <laughs> no, Greenbrier's <laughs> sick, but not like earnestly. Like it's it's very ironically funny. I still can't I will believe watch that, that one. The Fireballs have this on their site uh, under the leadership of legendary Spanish Ryder Cup star Sergio Garcia. Fireballs is a team that radiates heat and intensity. Fireballs wear their hearts proudly on their sleeves and bring sweat and soul to the fierce cauldron of golfing battles. 
But while they aim to light a fire in their fans, there's a strong supportiveness of their teammates. They'd rather lose a tournament and win a friend than lose <laughs> a friend and win a tournament. <laughs> it kind of feels like the whole ethos of live in general, doesn't it? Um, True friends we made along the way situation. Only other thing I had from the week is what year does Jim Nance think Catch Me If You Can came out? It's a great question, Sully. Really, really good question. He's a close uh, personal friend of mine. I don't mean to pick, pick, uh, poke fun here, but he mentioned that uh, the newly released <laughs> Catch Me If You Can song, I don't even really, not sure what he was he, referencing. He said, this, this reminds me of a Steven Spielberg film that came out last year, Catch Me If You Can, <laughs> which is wild. Is uh, that the Leo one that came out? Like, it came out in 2003, like, TC. <laughs> <laughs> Almost 20 years ago. Oh. I gave it to Uncle Jim. That movie does bang. Sure. It's a good I love that great. movie. I, I just, that was a very like, I don't know. It got me thinking like maybe mentally Nance like is still in 2003. Like I have to, <laughs> that's probably almost like peak of his powers kind of a, kind of a moment, which I would respect. I just, I don't know where that came from. That was very jarring. Very, very strange. Rare miss from our guy, Big Jim. <laughs> Cody, anything we've missed from this past week? uh no i think we're pretty pretty much <laughs> been ready there. for bed for 45 minutes no we're doing great i uh a very successful week I, we touched on a little bit about these uh dedicated slash elevated whatever they're going to be called format kind of changing we talked a little bit about maybe next year top 50 uh that's the field and they base everything off there a lot of the questions going around though is who else deserves kind of to be in these fields what should the numbers be should there be qualifiers? You know, we don't just want to basically, we don't want to recreate a live event. So what do you think the perfect number of uh, entries should be? It's a great question, Cody. So there's many different answers to go with that. I think 90 is a great spot. With a cut? Like you have like the 70 or 75 guys. You cut it down to 60 maybe. Yeah. Um, but you got 70 or 75 guys and then you fill it out. 15 guys, either you could do five sponsor exemptions, five guys that have played their way in from, you know, recent events on, you know, the, the, the lower tier PGA tour events, and then five guys that have played their way on via, you know, the last three or four, uh, elevated events. Right. I think just coming, I don't know what the number is, but just coming at this from a different viewpoint, I think threesomes off both tees sucks a lot. It is, it leads yeah. to horrific television windows and so many hours of coverage and couldn't even finish the second round this week in a limited field event uh, with, you know, no weather delays. Right. And that, that is like a huge in a smaller field too. Yeah. Like it was like 128 guys or 130 guys in the field. Like the fact that, like it was like pace of play was glacial. So I think my answer to, and I don't, if you can do it, everyone goes off one in twosomes. That would be the field size. Maybe you have to go off two tees in twosomes. I don't even know if you can do that. Do you play too fast if that, if the guys end up catching up to each other and all that stuff. But it, uh, if you want to like make special, big, elevated, different events, make it feel a little more grand than like, Hey, we're trying to squeeze in as many people as possible here. This is supposed to feel different. I don't think you're, you gain a time. If you're again, like I get it on an individual, like person by person basis. You want guys to have something to play for. You want up and coming guys to have spots and you don't want to be a close off system. Like if you get down to like 90th in the world rankings, you end up with like, you know, Thurston Lawrence and, you know, <laughs> Brendan Todd and Callum Shinkwin and Jordan Smith, like all fine players. Like 
Why are you? Why I'm, are not these guys I'm not disrespecting. I'm not disrespecting English. No are going to be so. I'm not disrespecting anyone. I'm just saying, like Joel Damon's down there in that part too. There, we know we love Joel. Like, I'm these tournaments aren't like. There's just such a vast difference between that and uh, Xander Shoffley and Will Zalatoris, and like these events are supposed to be for the Xanders and Will Zalatoris of the world. And like, but if you, you beat the door down, circuit. Yeah. No, no. If you beat the door down, you will get there. Like that's how golf works as it is now. But like again, you have to throw the status quo out for what pro golf is probably likely to become, and it's just going to be different than like what even as good as what we saw the, this week. It is going to be different when you don't have 120, 130 bodies there, and there's a right number. And like even at the BMW last year, we were looking around at 70 guys, and we we're kind of like. This 70 70 could be a lot yeah. like there's some guys yeah. here that are, like golf will go on totally fine without being there and again that's kind of the cold-blooded view of looking at it but for way too long it's been about like people have convinced themselves that's the bottom of the field that makes something interesting and i'm i'm sorry it's just not uh, yeah i've always said it should be 48 with a shotgun start but that's just me <laughs> <laughs> But, but like the funny part is they're going to get absolutely boned when they go to the 70 or 80 or 90 with the current OWGR thing that yeah, they, all sure. those changes that they put into place last yeah. year are going to totally neuter the points available for the guys playing in these, in these events. And so a shitty full field event or a mediocre full field event, let's say the, you know, the 3M or the yeah. Texas open or something like that, like is going to have as many points available for the winner as the winner of one of these elevated events which is fucking crazy which will create churn like it will that in itself will create some churn at the bottom of these fields i think in in a way right you can't just like it's not again closed off where you know you're going to get a guarantee you know it, it basically what sucked about some of the uh w, wgc's was like you could just just getting in it you were earning some you beat a few guys you earn more points and like it becomes very cyclical and it becomes hard to fall out whereas if they're not giving that many points away it's going to be possible to like play your way in via world ranking uh if you play really well in the events that are not designated although but it seems like they're disconnecting the fedex cup even more from the world ranking as well to where like you could get up you're almost creating even more spots where you would have a thomas peters scenario where you've got somebody who's not a member who's rising up rising up rising up but can't get inside this top 75 and you're basically relying on a sponsor exemption for them yeah i i, I maybe for a separate pod i, I want to get creative with fedex cup points i want like a, a closest to pinhole where you get fedex cup <laughs> points i think low round of the day you should get some points i want to get weird with it i think uh you should be able to bet fedex cup points i think i think it should be it should turn into something a little bit more than like can you dj what does fifth place get for fedex cup points this week any idea uh 100 and, job. 120 do you know that or are you just guessing as a guess but probably, i don't know the answer we probably, do this for oh, he's no, probably the wrong guy to literally know like he used to be a narc for the tour so. yeah i only worked at the tour for six years how do you expect me to know that answer? does anybody know like what no one knows no any clue. any ties to i think it's like winning i think winning you get like 400 or 500 i know and then, that and then if you win like an elevated elevated event you get like 550 or something mm-hmm and I don't know what any place otherwise gets. So let's start. Exactly. Let's get weird. Yeah. So they have to have a cut though. I think we're all in agreement there. I think so. Just trim the fat of like, if it, like there's nothing worse than a guy in the tour championship or in, in a WGC who's there's, like, there's nothing worse. He's like <laughs> 37 shots off the lead and he's going out there on Saturday morning and he's, like it's a joke. What, what right? was what was my guess? One hundred twenty. 
I have. I don't know yeah. the answer. Yeah, you said one. Uh, one fifteen. Okay. That's concerning. D rider. I'm not wow. sure if I feel safe with you around. Cody, can I flip it in a totally different way? Uh, yeah. What other sport like intentionally sends their their stars home before the the, the prime viewing windows? Yeah, but golf's not every other sport. There's, that's a very that's a that's a trap. I think golf if, is very different. If you're trying to make it into a better entertainment product, maybe it needs to be more like other sports in some ways, right? I mean, yeah, I'd rather. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's so depressing if a guy is like 25 <laughs> shots off the lead and just going through the motions it's, on Saturday or Sunday, though. It's demeaning, TC. Yeah. <laughs> Trotting about there. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. I could get down with like eliminating dudes that are like 30 shots. I, I don't know what it is, but like, I just don't think you need to like send need to send guys home. I think part of the deal is kind of like the cut's already been made before this tournament started, essentially. Like, these are the guys that are going to play four days. Do you know what we need? To, we need to go back to the day when, like, you know, the cut was literally just like the the paycheck cut. You played every day of the event, but only these top people are actually <laughs> right. getting paid. Yeah. So, like, we're pushing everybody through till Sunday. But hey, man, you you really have to make the top forty five, or else you're not getting a paycheck. I think that would be sick. I think part of the so part of what I understand this this to be is hey, we. A big part of like selling the elevated events to the sponsors is going to be you know who's going to play in it right like you we are all the top players are going to play this event and you're going to pay a premium for it i don't think you are going to pay that premium and also be like i'm still willing to risk that tiger woods is going to make the cut when he comes to play this event because or would you like to know he's going to play saturday and sunday like is that the yeah, best but- for competition i don't know i don't i don't but like yeah. if they want the money to keep flowing in that's probably going to be something that that's going to be worth discussing over the next several months i would think i think he's like such a unique example though because if you're like if you're sure. limiting at the top 100 or whatever like he's not in the field anyways so it's like how, how is how what merit is he getting into the field in the cat in some of those but like let's and i'm with you yeah. on that but i'm just like I, I don't know i i think if you if you have all of the top you know the top 50 are going to play anyways and you're cutting it to the top 60 in ties you got 100 field of 100 and you're cutting it to the top 60 and ties or whatever like you're gonna miss out on three or four guys that really people want to see but other than that you're i think you're gonna have most of the big dogs are gonna be around for for the week i think the critical mass is still there question for you guys did this week like shut up some of the naysayers the james hahn of the world of like you know hey like this isn't the right structure to be going after like i feel like should it or did it? It's two, two different questions. Should it shut up? Yeah, TC. I just don't know that we're living in a world where people on the internet are gonna be like, "Man, you know what? I really, I really boofed that one." Uh, you, you were right. You were right. I totally learned my lesson. I think they're just gonna quadruple down on like, "No, this is all bullshit." And what are my talking points yeah. this week? But like, I, I don't know who, who in their right mind is watching this week and just being like, "Nah, that ain't it." that's not even close i think but it also sucks that like rory has to get up and do a presser about like you know selling the new format and like not monahan right or like like it's like why does like why does rory have to do that before one of these 20 million dollar events and take his eye off the ball i don't disagree with that i do not disagree with that either it's it's been a it's almost been like there's been so little pomp and circumstance from the tour around these events that is almost like yeah a little a little weird in it like and uh maybe if they're saving it all for the players which as we know they, they they'll have plenty of pomp and circumstance around that but uh, uh like the hunger games 
The only other question that I have that, that was kind of lingering out there still is that it seems like uh, just like the, the information and reporting that have been tracking on the Nord Stream 1 and 2 being single source reporting on what actually happened. What's going on with Brooks Kepka and why do people keep talking about him wanting to come back? Uh, there were some rumblings, I believe, shared by Alan Shipnuck that it just, to my knowledge, sounded a lot like some thoughts we share from time to time on this more than it was the definitive reporting, which that's not a shot at Alan. That's just saying like, yeah, we throw some things out there all the time. We're like, yeah, I'm hearing some things. Like, he might be looking to come back. I think it's more of that, of like, hey, monitor this more than it is news. Uh, but that's my interpretation of of the current situation there around Brooks. But I think... Yeah, we've heard those same rumblings. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's not like a newsworthy report. It, it's a tracker-worthy report. Yes, that right? is well said. And it's also, like, Brooks can change his mind in an absolute heartbeat and be out there just, you know cheering on team smash with all of his heart here this week as well. So, um, I don't know. I'm you guys will be watching much this week. I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to watch much in the early part of the week, but, uh, Honda. Yeah, no, I'm talking live. Oh, it would take pretty extenuating circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it, I gotta, I'll yeah, miss the YouTube I, part. I will miss that. That was a lot easier. You, YouTube. All right. So, sick. so Sully, you were asking this week, like, are they just, is it all going to be tape delayed when they're not in the United States? I don't know that. That's a good question. If you go to their website, it says... It sure read like that. It Go to their website. It says the CW Network will air the 2023 Live Golf League in 100% of its markets across the United States as part of the multi-year exclusive broadcast agreement with the league. All 14 global events will air exclusively from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays and Sundays on the CW Network's linear and digital platforms with Friday rounds carried on the CW app making it sound like no matter where they are in the world, it will be aired from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sundays, which is interesting if that's the case. It might be tough when they're in Sentosa to, to make those time zones line up. A tape delay broadcast would be, would be, that'd be, that'd be chefs. That'd be classic 2018 PGA tour. <laughs> it's chef's what the kiss playbook. It's what the younger generation's looking for. Just <laughs> tape delay golf. So God, oh, I gotta find the CW. I mean, I don't know, like, like Honda. It's tough for me to get pumped about Honda. And that, either. but that's what I'm loving about the new schedule. Like, let's just be honest about this. Let's be transparent. Like, I won't be tuning in on Friday. Like, that's totally fine, right? Let's have the events, the weeks that are elevated instead of blending them all like they're supposed to be equal. This one's not equal. That's that has me excited. Like, I'm glad we can just all agree agree on that and say that part out loud. Well, I think I think Honda's also agreeing and saying like, "All right, cool. If it's gonna be like that, then like we're fucking out." Yeah. Yeah. So, but what about Honda? Um, all right, that's all I got this week. Anything yeah. else, guys? I'm, it's no, I'm good. The, cha- the tanks cash. empty. Two hour live show is a lot, but couple housekeeping notes. Yeah. I don't know, TC. You wanted to you wanted to close these out? Oh yeah. Oh, we got the LPGA pod coming up this week. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to our Netflix review show that we did. Your spoilers galore. Just want to <laughs> warn you on that. We went through all eight episodes, tried to keep it pretty real on that. We got a KBB piece dropping on Monday here, kind of a, a scene setter from, from the tournament this past week. It's going to be a good one, I think. I'm excited. Um, our Scrabo, our friend Patty Neal from uh, Northern Ireland put together a uh, cool feature on a course outside of Belfast called Scrabo Castle. Uh, and then we're shooting some stuff this week and we've got Sawgrass film room coming next week. Content is coming. And, and Cody and I hopped on an emergency trap draw. Mm, I appreciate that. Yeah. Try to, try to, try to 
keep you guys abreast of all this shit that's going down in the world right now. Cody, a few people were absolutely appalled uh, imagining your feet and, and how much <laughs> foot foot talk there was. Tough. I mean, I hate the fact this camera's on right now. I can show you what it Please is. Please do not. Yeah, I mean, no, won't do that. We're two hours in. Let's see if anybody's. <laughs> yeah, let's see if anybody's still here. Um, if you are listening to this on the podcast feed, we do do these shows live after designated events and around majors and women's majors uh, on Sunday nights. You can watch them on YouTube uh, live on Sunday nights if you got nothing else to watch. And if you're watching this live, you can also listen on your podcast app. So nothing has changed on that front just some extra mediums for you to get it uh if you are looking to support the no laying up show in any way you can go to nolangup.com slash join and you can join the nest uh we've gotten so much so many additional subscribers signing up uh just with the news of us bringing kvv into the fold to get people that have been looking for a way to support us and we greatly appreciate all of that and thank you to everyone that rates and reviews the podcast and get, keeps it in the top 20 top 15 top 10 sometimes of sports podcasts we greatly appreciate it for uh, a niche sport and independent company that is uh, grinding on it and going to be bringing bringing a lot, a lot, a lot of golf content this year. And we greatly appreciate all the support. So, and thanks to High Noon. This is great. I love doing these live shows. They're so much fun. And uh, we'll be and back. thanks to Cody for producing them. Seriously. The man behind, he's, he sits behind in the dark. A lot of people don't see him until, until he comes on at the end. But thank you to Cody. And we'll be back to do one for Bay Hill uh, here in a couple of weeks. So. With that, uh, we will see you guys soon. Thank you for tuning in, and cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect any.